and welcome to another, uh, well, actually a very late episode of uh, To Speak Geek. We're what, a month a after month? the last oh. episode? Yeah, exactly. I think it was like 11.15 and then now. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, we apologize for that. Uh, just some stuff came up. Uh, well, so let's see what went on. We did our normal two-week bubble, and then mm-hmm. I think I had to work one weekend, yep. and then we both woke up feeling kind of shitty one weekend. Um, yeah, and it was just, we'll just take a day off. Yeah, so and you know it's the holidays and all that sort of well, stuff. Um, but the good news absence is, absence makes the heart grow fonder, and I think that's what we needed. And judging by those podcast statistics, it sounds like uh, our absence made Germany very fond of us because yeah. we rank like 29th in video games. So what's that's up, Germany? Awesome. I, didn't, I didn't even know that was a thing. Neither did I, and I'm pretty excited about that. So Germany, thank you very much for uh, listening to yeah, us. Yeah, Danke. Do- yeah, Don't whatever he said. My brother, uh, we've talked about this before. My brother played football in Germany, in Baltic and in Kiel. So, you know, hey. There you go. One love to Germany. Yeah, so uh, the, uh, the good news is it doesn't look like either of us has COVID, um, as far as I know. I mean, who, you know, it's such a weird thing about that. I mean, we could have had it. We could have had it for a long time and just not have known. And that's... Right. I mean, who, who would have thought in our lifetimes we would have, you know... I always thought when... I always thought when a pandemic hit that it would be super noticeable like you know like you knew who would have it because yeah. they would be zombies yeah know? exactly like i was hoping for zombies but now we just got a bunch of brain dead idiots this is stupid this isn't yeah, the same yeah, thing at all exactly um yeah, <clears throat> no exactly. it's crazy because like you know back to covid like everything does when uh covid first came in in march of last year i was like man we should be out of this stuff by july and then july hit and now and it's just like I don't even know what's going to happen now, man. And it's just, it's become a normal now. It's, you know, you see videos of and pictures from other states and other countries. They got masks off and they're all hanging out. And then the Bay Area is in another lockdown. And, you know, hey, man, yep. we got to get through this. And the here holiday. I am longingly looking at countries like New Zealand and Taiwan. And they, you know, they they shut down for like three weeks and they're done with it. They're yeah. having concerts again and shit. And I'm just like, oh man. Well, you know, we we could go off on that topic for hours, which is why we people sure are, which is why people are not here. But I do want to say, man, it is good to be back after a month being away. So much shit has happened. Like it's just been a whirlwind after a whirlwind, man. So it's good to be back, dude. It it is. And you know what? Uh, speaking of so much shit has happened, I forgot to add onto our. Uh, episode notes all the shit that disney plus dropped so i'm gonna add that right now because we could easily spend an well, entire episode just on the shit that and disney even just dropped. to do you one better i took screenshots of everything that disney released on twitter so we can oh just i know the you sent them to me yes. and my phone <laughs> my phone for like 10 minutes was like bloom, dude bloom, i felt so bloom. bad I'm like, because i'm like dude he's gonna be so annoyed with his phone blowing up but i'm like i can't type this shit i just have to screenshot everything because yeah disney was dropping massive massive news dumps in just a little tiny tweet like they sat here and put out all these pictures and did all this other kind of stuff but and we'll get into it later but they just announced Her- uh, you know Indiana Jones 5 dropping July 21st 2022 with Harrison Ford being directed by James Mangold in a tweet with like I five really lines I really wish they wouldn't I Why? really wish they wouldn't the, the, the only the only saving grace to that we may as well kick into all the Disney Plus news right now starting with that um the only saving grace is that James Mangold is behind it, and maybe we can get, you know, obviously not a rated R Indiana Jones like Logan, no. but maybe we can get a more Logan-esque Indiana Jones, because well, look, I was looking forward to Kingdom of the Crystal Skull 
for a long time, and then I saw it, and I was like, what the fuck did I just watch? Yeah, oh, dude, me too. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was a complete disgrace. Like, I knew that it was going to be garbage when Indiana Jones jumped into a fridge and then launched across a nuclear blast and bounced everywhere and got out just like, oh, I'm cool. Indiana Jones is no, not no, no. a this, superhero. This is, this is how bad... This is how bad that movie was. My kids who are, well, my daughter's going to be nine in a week, but my kids who are seven and eight right now, okay? Yeah. Seven and eight. This is the age where you should be able to watch a bunch of bullshit and be like, yeah, that's cool. You know? Yeah. My kids, when they saw Shia LaBeouf start vine swinging with a bunch of monkeys like he was the monkey king, even my kids were like, what the hell? Yeah. And, And like the scene looked uncomplete like the visual graphics of it were dog shit they had some cool stuff like the fire ants and um you know i kind of like indiana jones and like a little bit of the alien stuff and the archaeology stuff and i thought that was a cool concept but i agree with you because that's where they needed to go they had three indiana joneses full of supernatural religious stuff yes it was a natural progression to go to to go to uh extraterrestrial i think so i'm not mad about that when the story was originally written it was supposed to be indiana jones and the and the little men from Mars or like the men from Mars or something like that. And it was this whole Martian <laughs> coming to alien thing, but it was just, it was terrible. And the thing is, is that I think they wanted to pass the buck off to Shia LaBeouf and I will sit here right now. And I like Shia LaBeouf. I, I can't find I much negative to say. He's a crazy ass dude. He's way out there, but he is somebody I like him. Right, he just kind of lives his life. He got into some legal trouble recently because apparently, you know, his alcohol abuse and everything else, he had a lot of problems with his last wife, with assault and stuff, so he'll get through that shit, and if that stuff is true, then fuck you, you're a terrible person. But Oh, mood- that's just Hollywood growing pains. Yeah. Come on, we all do it. Well, I mean, yeah, so whatever, dude. And uh, so as long as they can figure <laughs> that stuff out. But, dude, I like the Transformers movies of Samuel Witwicky, so I thought he would have been a good pass-off for the Indiana yeah. Jones. The problem is that, yeah. A... Harrison Ford didn't want to let it go. B, he didn't want to pass it on to Shia LaBeouf. And C, you have Harris, you have Steven Spielberg and George Lucas trying to make this kind of movie that's just not going to work. And Steven Spielberg has done that quite a bit with a lot of his recent movies. He's trying to do, I don't know what he's doing, but it's not working. Like, I love the book Ready Player One. Wasn't a fan of Ready Player One, the movie. I thought it was good, but exactly. it wasn't Exactly, I was just book. about to use that as an example, yeah. And I think we saw. I'll use that movie. I'll use that movie as like a reference for what Dolby Vision should look like. But yeah, you'll have to fucking pay me to sit through it again. No, like, I mean, I own it in 4K because, like, it's visually, it's really cool, but it's not a yeah. good movie. Like, the book is so much better, and that, and I hate being one of those people who say that, yeah. but I think we started to see It's like Speed Racer this. or Alita yes. Battle Angel, which is one of my guilty pleasures. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not great, but it looks cool. <laughs> exactly. It just looks cool, and I think that's where we started to see the decline of Steven Spielberg, as well as George Lucas with Indiana Jones 5. And I hated <clears> that movie, but unlike you, I am super excited for this one, because Harrison Ford isn't going to come back at 106 years old and play Indiana Jones again <laughs> and like put on some whack ass story at the end like Hugh Jackman went out the right way with Wolverine um, um, James Mangold is really good at telling these dramatic stories that are character driven yeah. so I think that he's going to be able to give a great swan song for Indiana Jones and also Indiana Jones in my opinion again I'm sorry I'm just talking a ton here should not That's all be, good. should not be passed on to somebody else just like no just like, I agree yeah you there, there's no continuation for that you either you have hair you have Indiana Jones and that's it. Just like you have Han Solo. That, that's it. You don't yeah. you don't pass it on. You don't continue it. That's it. And I think that's where Indiana Jones is. Is, is Shia LaBeouf coming back for this one? No, not Did that I'm aware of. Or, they didn't say anything okay. at all. I just saw that tweet. And again, 
it was a five sentence tweet that Disney drops. But they also yeah. dropped so much more. Lando Calrissian is coming back with his own new series event for Disney Plus. Like, I hold mean, on one second Bef- before we proceed. I yeah, need absolutely. to ask you about Shia LaBeouf since we were talking about him. Please do. Is it as hard for you as it is for me to watch anything he's in and not just see Even Stevens in it? See, uh, I'm no for <laughs> me because I never watched Even Stevens. I didn't as well. I caught a few episodes here and there, but I, I, you know, it's not like Saved by the Bell where I've seen every episode. But that's just kind of what I associate him with. Kind of like Hillary Duff and Lizzie McGuire. I never watched right. any anything more than like a handful of episodes, but that's just like the first thing that pops in my head. Yeah, see, and that's what it does for me. Like when I see him, I instantly think even Steven are holes. Like those are the two things that I think of. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> holes was good, man. But over the past couple holes years, was like good, yeah. whenever I see Shia LaBeouf, my instant thought is Samuel Witwicky. I just I don't know why. Yeah. I just like the way that sounds. You remember that movie I Robot? He was in that. Yeah, he was, and he was I in Constantine. He was, yeah. Yeah, I, I think those two movies were like where I was first was introduced to him as like a more Hollywood actor, and I thought he was hilarious in fucking iRobot. Yes, that's where I liked him the most. Was in uh, I, that's when I first started liking him was in Constantine. I was like, okay, name's Chaz yeah. Kramer, asshole. Like I just <laughs> like it, man. I just it's just Shia LaBeouf is the only one who could do that. So. Yep. It's pretty good. All right, let's move on. Uh, well, since we were talking about all the George, all the George Lucas stuff, so we yeah, may absolutely. as well move on to the Star Wars news, like you were uh, bringing up with Lando. Now, here's the thing: doing a Lando show is kind of along the same, I guess, stratosphere as doing an Indiana Jones five. You have a guy that's way. I don't know what kind of a show it's going to be because Billy D. Williams, while he can still obviously pull off the Lando character, like we saw oh, on Rise of Skywalker. How, you know, how, how, for lack of a better term, exciting is this show going to be? Um, well, it'll be exciting because it's Lando, but how much can you do, I guess? Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's only Lando, but it's, I don't think it's going to be a long, drawn out story. I think it's going to be a smaller, just self contained, like, you know, eight episode like an arc. Eight episode yeah, thing. because yeah. what, what they did say was a brand new event series for Disney, Plus, which would lead me to believe. You know, something small. It doesn't say a new series. It says new event series. So, you know, because over here they're saying, hey, they have a new Star Wars series or they have a new animation series. Nothing else says event series, which I'm curious if it's just going to be, you know, a small arc with Lando where they're kind of carrying off after episode nine where he has that new girl who are taking off in the Falcon together. Yeah. So I wonder if you're going to do that, which would be cool because, I mean, I feel like there's more characters in these stories. And I think Disney is kind of hinging their bets, hedging their bets. I think I said that right on um, on you this did. new on this new thing that they're doing with this, which is their massive, massive inclusion and diversity with everything that they're doing. Yeah. And I texted you this the other day and we kind of disagreed. And I kind of want more of your opinion on this. But I think. What HBO and Warner Brothers and what Disney is doing right now is they are basically killing the movie industry. Not and not killing the movie industry, but killing the theater industry. Because for me personally, and we'll get into this when we talk about the WB stuff and everything else, yeah. um, it is going to take a lot, and I, and I mean like a massive epic that can only be seen in IMAX to make me go back and pay all that money to take my family of four to a movie theater when I can see all this stuff at home. I think that's where you and I differ. I, I think you're right. I think you're along... What was that? Uh, my uh, my Alexa just turned on all of a sudden. <laughs> it heard me say, I, okay, so I, I like Star Trek Next Generation, so I changed my Alexa name to computer. So whenever I say the word computer, it turns on. 
<laughs> Dude, I need to do that, but I can't. I, no, I won't do that because I say that word too many times. And I do too. And anyways, now that's where um, it's like, might be time to change this. So I agree with you to a degree. I, I think with 2020 being what it is and with WB moving to, you know, all their 2021 movies coming out on HBO Max, I think it will take years upon years for the theater industry to go back to what they once were. In terms of the theater industry dying, I don't think that's the case, but I think it will struggle for a very long time. But before I forget, since we were talking about Lando. Yeah, yeah, sorry. And we'll for, we'll for sure come back to this with the WB stuff since we have AMC and Regal responding yeah, to what? We're going to be all yeah. over the board today. We have a lot to talk about, guys, so strap in. We do. <laughs> um, but let, I kind of wish when they announced the Lando series, I really kind of wish it was Young Lando with Donald Glover. I do, too. And... Because we don't know a lot about him other than what we saw in Solo and some extended universe stuff from books but, and stuff but, like that, which, you see, know, isn't canon. Yeah, that's true. But this is where I start to get my conspiracy theory stuff starts tinkering here. And hear me out on this. <laughs> Go. So, let's do it. Atlanta was one of FX's biggest, most award-winning shows. Like, it just changed the game when Atlanta came out. Done by Donald Glover. Now, which is on FX. So, yes. Atlanta just got renewed for more seasons through FX, which is also owned <coughs> oh, excuse me, by Disney. So, you yes. look at the fan base and the crowd that Donald Glover has, and you have all this money that you're going to make off of Atlanta. You bring Atlanta back for two more seasons. You give Billy D. Williams his send-off with Lando Calrissian, and then at the end of the two-year run for Atlanta, you bring in Donald Glover, and you bring him in as Lando Calrissian, and you tell the old story. So, instead of starting off now, Disney and FX have just solidified themselves for five years down the future because they can still bring back in Donald Glover as Lando. Just another two years won't matter to Donald Glover, but another two or three years could effectively kill off who knows, Billy D. Will. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's smart like for that. them yeah. to hedge their bets, and I'm all for that because you also got Donald Glover who, by the way, everyone knows, but is also in the MCU in Spider-Man. Like, So he has yes. a point in there where he's Miles Morales' cousin. So, and we're going to get into this uncle. when we talk about our Spider-Man stuff, because, I mean, uncle, I'm sorry, yeah, he's his uncle, he's his nephew, so, <laughs> so, it seems to me that they clearly, Disney is in the Donald Glover business, and I don't see how they would yeah. not hedge their bets again on Donald Glover doing a Lando Calrissian. Well, and even going a step further into your conspiracy theory with Disney and Donald Glover, you have the Russos who did Community yep. with Donald oh. Glover, and they're also, you know, they're also yes. the Marvel guys. That's correct. And boom. That's right. And now, didn't the Russos also have something to do with the rest of development? Yes, they did. I because, believe so. Yep. Because, because the, the blue, the blue stair, uh, stair car was in some war. Dude, that yes. show is so great. Dude, I love. Dude, the rest of development was great. Even the newer seasons that Netflix produced, <coughs> no, excuse me, aren't the best, but they're pretty good along the lines of Arrested Development. They're and not it, the best, but they're still so absurd. Like with Tobias Finke thinking uh, he's going to the Method One acting <laughs> clinic when it's a Methadone clinic. And he's living in the attic with these recovering oh addicts, <laughs> like calling them a family. Dude, it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, dude! Arrested Development, dude. Uh, I, David Cross, Jason Bateman, Michael Sarah, Jeffrey Tambor. Um, yep. You've got um, Will Arnett. You've got um, the voice of Forky himself, and I can't. Oh my God, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Oh my the God, the voice of who? He plays Forky. He's uh, Forky, but he's um. Oh, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, 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 Tony something. Yeah, Tony Hale. 
Like, Tony Hale, there you w- go. When you look at the cast that they had for Arrested Development, dude, that's like a once-in-a-lifetime thing, man. It, like, it was brilliant. Brian Grazer and Ron Howard's humor that he had from TV. So good, so good. Yep. Sorry, I went off on a tangent here, but if you haven't seen Arrested Development in any other countries and you guys have access to it, you should watch it because it's hilarious. Oh, and it's actually becoming more and more relevant today than it was years ago. And it, I know. Isn't that weird? <laughs> it is. Interesting. Uh. So, um, so um, but another announcement that they made was, and this one has me super excited because I just saw her live action debut on The Mandalorian. Yeah, I know is they're doing, they're doing a live action Ahsoka. Of course, and they're also, um, we knew the live action Obi Wan was a thing. That wasn't, you know, we knew that was coming, but we did not know Hayden Christensen was coming back. No, as Vader. Now no. here's the weird thing. Here's the weird thing. I was already an adult and a grown up when the prequel series came out, so I remember, you know seeing them in the theaters and blah 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 all that stuff like that isn't it weird that now we're in the year 2020 and we all suddenly love Hayden Christensen as Anakin um and I don't understand why because I think he's a fucking terrible actor and I think he was the worst part of the trilogies and it's good that he's coming back but uh uh-huh. I'll tell you exactly why and this is my conspiracy theory first of all I think he can act fine if you give him the right shit because one of my favorite movies is Life is a House and he was great in that you know, I think it was just George Lucas's script that was absolutely horrible. I mean, you you could put fucking Robert De Niro in that role, and there's nothing he could do to save it. But I think we're in this weird—I don't know how to describe it. We're in this weird culture now where everybody hates the prequel series, or not the prequel series, the sequel series. You know what I'm talking about? Everybody yeah, hates, you know, having Ray. They call her a Mary Sue, and blah blah blah, and how Ryan Johnson ruined the last Jedi and all that. I think we're in such. A, a culture of hate right now that we can actually turn back and look at the prequel series with rose-colored glasses now and be like, oh, those were great. Well, well see, you and I both know they weren't. No, why? that's where I feel like I'm in the minority and I'm going to, my brother, for instance, what up, Bubba? Um, he had <laughs> just watched uh, Saturday Night, um, Star Wars Episode Nine. He had just watched the I Rise saw that. He, he put it on his stories. <laughs> right. And then he called me afterwards and he was like, dude, my mind was blown. And like, he was just enamored with it. Blown away. He was, was coming good. up with yeah. this and going off with all of this stuff and this is somebody who's not a Star Wars guy so you know right, and I okay. think and I think that's what these the newer the last three movies were made for a new generation of Star Wars if you've seen Star Wars A New Hope then you have seen Star Wars Episode 7 that's just just it it's for the sure. exact same movie just different casting but for him to not watch it to hear the excitement from Episode 9 is really exciting because that's the way I felt a lot of us felt when we first saw episode one, two, and three as younger people in theaters for the first time. Be like, yeah. oh my God, look, yeah. it's Anakin Skywalker as a child. This is awesome. Like, I feel like yeah. that's what we thought. So it's really cool to see that the effect that you and me look at, you know, the trilogies and it's like, yeah, okay, the new ones, okay, they're good, or one, two, and three are not good at all. And you look at this stuff, but it's just kind of cool to see how each trilogy at a different time in their lives have affected them. And that's for where sure. I think that we're seeing. Um, like this hate and this vitriol coming out towards the new trilogy because again this is all the new stuff is all the inclusive and different kind of people and different stories and you know it's not it's not the comfort warm everybody's used to in episodes one two and yep. three were hey look it's the exact same thing you're used to just with more color so I, I and I think that's why and as we know this country turned out it was filled with people that absolutely fucking hate that. <laughs> right. And, and the moment that, you put the moment you put a black guy in a prominent role 
suddenly they'll call you an SJW right. asshole and all that stuff. And it's like, my God, really? Right. And, and, and you know, that's where it's not <coughs> even shocking to see where we are now yeah. in this country and whatever. And we're not going to get into any of that stuff. But, you know, yeah, yeah. Gro- us growing up and kind of being into the comic books and everything else, you know, and being into the Internet and kind of, you know, looking at all this casting stuff and being more behind the scenes on this geek stuff than a lot of the other people. You know, we've seen this hate and this vitriol spewed out with people, you know, all the way back with Michael Keaton as Batman and Heath Ledger as Joker and Michael yep. Clark Duncan as Kingpin. How dare you cast a black Kingpin? Really? Because Michael Clark Duncan was fucking awesome as Kingpin. So, yeah. that, that Dude, there's the a black old... Batman now in the right. comics. And exactly. You should, you should and, go on Twitter right now and see what's up. Yeah, like I saw the other day, it was like, FYI, uh, yeah, it was like someone put out, oh, just in case you didn't know, Batman's black now. And then you look at the comments of people just, just so much hate in there. And again, if, to me, it's not surprising because I've seen this before. I've seen this with so much casting when they casted um, John Boyega or when they casted Michael Clark, you know, and it's just, it's sad to see that because these stories are so well done that you have to look past that. And, and again, to see people, a whole new generation get into star Wars and love seven, eight, nine, like my brother is great. Or my daughters who we just watched episode four last night. And my oldest is like, are we going to stop? I want to watch more. So then we watched episode five and then today we're going to do six and we're going to go through it because she got hooked. Oh, you're not going to do machete order. I do. I barely got her through episode four. I'm just going to have to keep going. (laughs) Like I don't need to change it all up because she likes this stuff right now. And I don't want to switch her with, give her the huge shock of the first one. I think if we go through it all the way like we did, then I can take her back and rewatch it with her. Yeah. But now she wants to watch The Mandalorian, which is great because now I can watch The Mandalorian. Oh, okay, yeah. So I was going to, that, that was going to lead me to my next thing about the Ahsoka series. Ahsoka's debut in live action was fucking phenomenal. It's, I mean, as someone who's a huge fan of hers all the way from the Clone Wars and comic books and I've read the Ahsoka book and my daughter loves Ahsoka and it's just this it's a cool character to have for you know the younger generation growing up her debut in live action was fucking phenomenal and if they can keep up the same type of tone as the Mandalorian has for her live action series and the Obi-Wan series then my god I mean (laughs) what can they do wrong well you also, my biggest fear with the Ahsoka series and with the Anakin series and the Obi-Wan series and everything else coming out is that Disney Plus is going to, uh, Disney's going to overload everybody. And this is the reason why I haven't watched The Mandalorian yet because there has been so much Star Wars through Disney over the past couple years that I'm burnt out. And now it's at the point, and I made this joke the other day, and I'll, I'll do this now with Disney Plus. We now have Chris Evans is going back and voicing a young Buzz Lightyear in the new Lightyear yeah, series. Which so, I'm super excited about, by Oh, the me way. too, dude, which, which is dope. But yep. it appears that what we're seeing now, and I'm all happy for it, though, is that we continuously, we're going into these giant just circles and groups where ev- it's basically like a giant movie Yeah, they're orgy. dipping into the well, basically. Right, and everybody is being cast in everything. So, like, I'm just hoping that... They get a good director for this because the reason The Mandalorian is so good is because Jon Favreau is that good. Like, believe it or not, give yeah. the man his credit. There would be no MCU if it wasn't for Jon Favreau and Iron Man. Deal with Agreed. that. There would be no live action remakes of anything if it wasn't for Jon Favreau and The Jungle Book. You're welcome. There would be no Disney Plus, honestly, if Jon Favreau wouldn't have been like, yeah, we're going to do this and try it out. So, yeah, without someone as strong as him on an Ahsoka series or like um, any of these other Star Wars series or Obi-Wan, it worries me. And I don't want to get into this oversaturation where they're like, oh my God, we got people hooked. And 
Disney Plus is now Star Wars Plus. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's what we're getting. And that was my same issue that I had with the Marvel movies. I love the Marvel movies, but how many of them do you guys have to put out a year? Well, we're slowing down now because of the pandemic. (laughs) Well, yes and no. And this is where I'm so excited about all these Disney Plus announcements, but I'm also not because there is so much that they're putting out that there's no way all of this is going to be good quality. It's just not. You know what's funny? I was just thinking about this the other day, and it's on your it's on what you just said about the same people being in everything now. We're going in circles. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of British television. Mm-hmm. You know, Doctor Who, the original oh, yeah. Office, you know, even fucking Midwife and all those shows. I, I love those fucking shows. I love British television. And if you watch British television and British film, it's like the same 10 actors in everything. David Tennant is in everything. Yeah. The fucking guy that plays Professor Slughorn in Harry Potter, he's in everything. <laughs> you know? yeah. Well, that's kind of like Disney Plus has just become British television with the mm-hmm. same people over and over in different ro- roles. And, you know. I'm trying to go into this with a little bit of positivity. If it works for British TV, it's got to work here. But yes and no. I mean, British TV and American TV are completely different. But I they think, are. But I think the one thing that that worries me about this is that as much as I love Captain America and as much as I love the Avengers, mm-hmm. I think Chris Evans was ten times better in Snowpiercer and in Knives Out. But when are we going to get nice another Chris so Evans movie like that? And I think that Rosaria Dawson yeah. is an amazing actress, and she would have been great as Night Nurse or any of this other stuff. But is she going to get yeah. pigeonholed into an Ahsoka series by a shitty actor? And it's going to, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like Disney needs yeah. to be careful, and I'm not saying that they're not, but you can tell where Disney's putting their investment. Uh, Ahsoka, maybe, but I think Disney's throwing all their money at the uh, at the uh, Star Wars War, uh, Rogue Squadron story that they're making with Patty Jenkins because Dude, Patty I'm Jenkins so excited about is that. a fucking director. She is the one who made yep. Wonder. You know what I'm saying? So now Disney yeah. just took Wonder, the creator of Wonder Woman on the silver screen, <laughs> and stole her to make Star Wars. Like, I mean, yep. and the fact that that was just a little blip on Disney's radar just goes to show, like. It's crazy. Like it's crazy. And I and, and, and I'm I'm just again I'm just hoping that Disney doesn't overplay themselves and stress themselves too thin. Because the reason Guardians of the Galaxy works is because James Gunn works. And that's the reason yeah. Suicide Squad can work, and that's why they gave him both, and that's why Disney decided we're gonna bring James Gunn back because there's no Guardians of the Galaxy without James Gunn. And Which I agree with, yeah. Exactly. And there's no Wonder Woman without Patty Jenkins. I'm sorry, but there's just not because of what she does. So I'm just curious what Disney's going to do with this because they're putting a lot of their cards out. But, sorry. So here's I'm, my question. Yes. With those, and just really quickly on Rogue Squadron. Is Wedge Antilles going to be in it? Because he was the main character of the Rogue Squadron show. Nope. Or show. No. The games, the books, whatever. Nope. Is there J- going to be a Wedge Antilles? No. Nope. Patty Jenkins came out and said that they are not taking anything <clears throat> from the shows or the comics. They're Got taking it. the name. I missed she, that. She, yeah. It was just like a, a tweet that she did. She wants it to be like an original story just based in the squadron's universe which i am so for because she's she made a good point in her you saw the video right yeah like yeah uh, i saw some of it i didn't watch the whole thing dude no joke for the first few minutes i was watching it i was like dude is she taking over captain marvel 2 or like then i was like wait is she she was like rollerblading in like a a flight field and i was like what's happening right then then she was like uh, then i was like oh my god are they gonna put top gun i I don't know my mind was going a million miles and then when i saw the tie fighter (laughs) i got goosebumps and i was like oh my god now see now that 
Now, to me, Disney is investing in that because that's going to be a ride at fucking Disneyland California Adventures here pretty soon. You know what dude, I mean? yes. <laughs> so that's what I'm excited for, dude. But, I mean, we could sit here and go for hours, but there's one thing I want to touch on on Disney+. Plus. Um, I know that you saw it. Um, the trailer for WandaVision. Like, whoa. Did you watch that? So basically, we called it. Uh, I don't think it was any huge secret. We called it. It's definitely, definitely, definitely reality breaking down around Wanda, yes. who created this false rail. And have you seen the posters for it with the the wallpaper peeling? And there's like, it looks like, I don't know, like the quantum realm or something yes. behind the, the wallpaper. Every single one of the posters has the wallpaper peeling in a different way well, with, quote, reality behind well, it. Yes. So I think we're right. I think it's Wanda losing her mind. Yes, because there was a scene in the trailer that was a, you know, just kind of look away and you miss it where someone's like, uh, this isn't happening. It's all in your head. Like, it's something like that where led me to believe that she yeah. is somewhere being tested on. But it was just those were the things and we that saw I, a baby's crib. So this very yes. easily could be a House of M type thing. And yes. I'm 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 willing to bet my nut on this. My nut, my nuts. I was I like, you to, only have one. I'm, oh, Jesus. I'm willing to bet my nuts that this is how they bring in the Fantastic Four, because that was announced as well. Mm-hmm. See, I love this. This is how this podcast is going to go, folks. Strap in. We're having a yep. good time here. So, yeah, the Fantastic Four. And I Four. fucking I, I everyone who knows me knows I love the Fantastic Four, not the movies, the comics. They're the Marvel's first family. They're the ones who kicked off the Marvel Universe in 1961. We owe a lot to the Fantastic Four. So oh, I'm absolutely excited. But here's what so I will excited. say, though. I, I, I was super excited until they said it was going to be a feature film. Because to me, the Fantastic Four has been around so long that you should build them up as a TV series. And I think the Fantastic Four would be a way better show to put on Disney Plus and build up that. That's what I think. That's just me. I, I actually agree with you there because look at the quality of all these shows. I mean, you watched all the trailers, I assume, for like Loki oh, and dude, Falcon fuck, and the oh, Winter Soldier. We have to talk about Loki. These yes, are but MCU Hollywood Hollywood level productions for a television yes. series. So they could have easily done that. <coughs> I agree. Dude, a- absolutely. But what was striking from this is that there was no Captain Marvel 2. There was none of that. Which they I announced think, it. They just didn't show it. Well, I, like, I didn't see anything of it, but that was just me. I didn't dig too much into it, but the Fantastic Four... Yeah, they, they announced it on Twitter. Okay, that's uh, It's what I coming thought. in 2022, and okay. they announced that uh, that Ms. Marvel is going to be in it. Who, yeah, by oh, the that's way, right. That's right. You're right. I did read that. It's in one of these... By the way, going off on a little bit of a tangent, because there's way too much Disney Plus shit to talk about, I watched the the tiny little clip for Ms. Marvel that they showed, and you know what? I was afraid she was going to look too young, but she actually looks okay. Yeah, she does, dude. Like, I mean, she looks she, fine. She plays it. She plays it good, and she also looks like she's right in that age where a couple seasons yeah. down the road she'll look older. So I think they casted a perfect exactly. age person. I think they did good. Yeah, I and mean, Tatiana Maslany was confirmed as She-Hulk, and mm-hmm. we got a tiny little clip of Haley Steinfeld as Hawkeye. Which, by the way, there's been leaks up and down with uh, Haley Steinfeld in her Hawkeye uniform and everything. Oh yeah. Uh, what else did they show? They showed clips from Loki, and oh my god, god. You, you watched that, right? The trailer for Loki? So, yes, and did he not call out Thor in the Loki trailer? I'm not sure, no. but what I do want to touch on is that final shot of President Loki, which was a comics thing in like 2017 or something. <laughs> yes! And I am so excited they're pulling that comic uh, storyline in some form into the Loki show because I laughed my ass off with happiness when I saw the President Loki thing. Yes. Dude, and then I love how they started off the trailer, which was the scene from Avengers Endgame. It was fantastic. From Endgame, like, yeah. Yeah, dude, it was so cool. But 
I, I mean, I asked around, and this is what I heard too. When Loki jumps out of the airplane, he says, "Brother, catch me!" And that's when the frostbite catches him. Oh no, no, no! He uh, he called out Heimdall before. He called out who? Heimdall. Oh, dude! I I was looking around. Yeah, there, there was a people. really quick. There was a really quick thing where he was like Heimdall something something, and then he goes, "Brother, catch me!" or something like that. Yeah. Uh, oh. but yeah, he 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 did name drop Heimdall, so I think, okay. which is weird because why would he call Heimdall brother? But right, well, see, that's what know. threw me off. So I thought maybe he was just yeah. calling to Heimdall because he was going to go out and get him, and then he said, "Brother, catch me!" Like, and that's where I was like, "Holy shit, are we going to get like a Thor in Loki?" Because they do have him. We may. Do, well, because they got Chris Hemsworth doing that National Geographic show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, plus, I know we're going to do with a all ton- these new Disney Plus series is coming out: Falcon, Winter Soldier, Loki, Ms. Marvel, whatever. Yeah. It's clear to me that they are absolutely going all in with crossovers now between yes. the movies and the television shows. Well, so if Thor shows up in Loki, that's not going to surprise me one bit. Well, no, and that's that's where I was saying that I feel like they're they're effectively just trying to at least for the next five to six years killing off their theater business because they're going to tell these long weaving stories over the next year or two with this. Um, so I. I they're going to and I think this is how they're going to do it. They're going to tell these great stories with Loki and Winter and Falcon, all this kind of stuff for the next year or two. And then they're going to drop the movies in theaters. And that's how they're going to win everybody back. And that's Disney's no, that's long-term. exactly what I think is happening. And I think you're 100 percent right, because with the first the first two phases of the MCU, you had the movies. The movies were the thing mm-hmm. that introduced characters. The movies were the thing that everyone waited for that progressed the story. And what you had was tiny little call-outs and Easter eggs in the TV shows, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Daredevil, yep. whatever. I think they're flip-flopping that now. You're now going to have your Disney Plus series as the you know the spear that pushes everything forward, yeah. and then your movies are going to come out, I don't know, once a year, once every two years, twice yep. a year, and your movies are now going to have, are going to be your quote-unquote Easter egg call-outs to the main you yes. know, television series. And they basically flip-flopped their... Uh, their strategy With, is what I'm trying to say. And I love it because if you're going to start phase four, why not do yeah. it differently? Do something completely different and change the game. And that's where I like it. Agreed. But, that, but that's also where I said I still feel like they're effectively kind of killing off the movie theater market, at least for a while. And, and people can hate or whatever they want. But, you know. And we've talked about this before. The one thing that I've loved more than anything is going to a theater, sitting down, have a Me popcorn. Too. Love it. Yep. You know, when I travel for work, man, if I need, that's just what I did. I didn't care what it was. I saw every single thing in theaters. I miss yeah. theaters with a passion. I miss going with my with my family. I just miss it, dude. Like that. That's the one thing I would love to have back. But I did too. That's why I bought that bias lighting for my TV, yeah. the immersion lighting. It's because you know, it, it, I know theaters don't do that, but it's like one extra thing. To make me sitting on my couch watching a movie feel more like being in a theater. Right, dude. And and that's why, like, I invested last year into the bigger screen TV and just kind of did all this stuff yeah. because I felt like I needed to. And so it's just going to take a lot to get me back into theaters. And, and, and what it I will. like, and this is where, <laughs> you know, again, uh, conspiracy theory thinking here disney dropping (laughs) this stuff on disney plus is going to give people more time to invest in their stories so you're going to double triple quadruple your fan base by just releasing loki in fucking on disney plus in your house because like i made the joke i was like dude honestly at this point you can get food weed theater quality movies and alcohol delivered (laughs) to your house like why does anybody ever need to leave unless you just need social interaction like what's the point now Yep. So I yep. mean, I'm just hoping now. Um, um, 
So, dude, I, I think, again, Disney Plus, everything that they announced, and we can go over it a long time. There's only one more thing I really want to touch on that kind of struck me as, yeah, like, dude, we're finally, we're finally kind of moving forward. I'm not forward. in any rush. Yeah, me neither. Um, two, well, two things. The casting of The Little Mermaid, I think, is freaking awesome. Um, oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, I completely forgot about that. So I'm looking at the cast, and and this is this is why I'm so sad for humanity right now. I, I saw the tweet, I looked at the cast, and I went, I bet if I go on Twitter right now, I'm going to see a bunch of racist shit. 100%. And sure as shit, I was right. Dude, you know what my daughter said when I showed her the cast? What? My daughter's eight. Okay, she's fucking eight years old. My son is seven. These are, these are children, children. These are kids who... And I, I don't mean just kids as in my kids. I mean kids of this age group in general. Mm-hmm. If they grew up watching the Little Mermaid cartoon, they're going to wonder why Ariel doesn't look like that. That That's a given. It's not a race thing. It's just, you know, this is what they're used to. So they're going yeah. to wonder why Ariel looks different. You know, it is what it is. My daughter took one look at the casting and went, I can't fucking wait to see that. I love the fact that your daughter says fucking. She didn't, but... We do have an agreement, and my ex is on board with this, too. If she wants to listen to a song and it cusses, if she wants to watch uh, a movie and there's a lot of cursing and there's yeah. a lot of violence, we're cool with that as long as she understands, hey, you can't pull out <coughs> fuck in the middle of your distance learning in class. Well, words are words. And, and they you know, the stu- and you understand the stuff you're watching is not real. As I- long as she gets that, we're cool. You Absolutely. Know, I don't care. We watched The Breakfast Club two weeks ago. Good movie. My kids and I, they love that movie. They want to watch it again. You know, I don't care that Bender is a foul mouth. <laughs> you yeah, know, who cares? Yeah. This and my, my daughter will still come up to me right now. And she's like, hey, dad, I, I heard I saw this new video on Twitter with Harley Quinn. And just so you know, it has the F word in it. I was like, OK, cool. Yeah, see, enjoy. <laughs> see, I can't do that. Like they can watch movies or like whatever, a little bit of cussing here and there. But yeah, I can't do the Harley Quinn with them yet. So we got to wait on that one. <laughs> no, 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 not the, not, not, not the, uh, not the ones from the movies. Like she saw some like gotcha life yeah, animation no, I, with Harley Quinn. Yeah. yeah. Well, dude, I think that's but anyways, dope, um, well, no, I like the fact we that need she to looks move at that on because like, we are 40 minutes into this. Dude, oh, we've, we've only covered yeah. the first thing. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So I told you, man, Disney plus dude, it was all Disney plus. Yep. But all that's right, the big news. And that just dropped too. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the shit on our episode notes is like a month old, but you know, so we'll, the, the, we'll move on. The next big thing is all this Spider-Man news because yes. none of it comes as a shock. But this first thing I want to touch on is, I mean, you know, we know Toby and Andrew Garfield and Alfred Molina and Jamie Foxx and, you know, probably Kirsten Dunst. They're all coming back. I mean, we, we are very clearly getting a live action Spider-Verse now. It's not a theory anymore. It's this is happening. But the thing I want to touch on is this first thing that we could potentially have five Spider-Men in the movie, not just the three Peter Parkers, but they also mentioned Miles Morales and Spider-Man 2099, which is very, very interesting to me because Spider-Man 2099 is one of those characters that only the hardcore fans know. That's not a character like a Miles Morales or a Gwen Stacy that, you know, yeah, the general public knows. I mean, you say Spider-Man 2099 to I don't know my grandmother and she'll be like what most people you bring it up they're not gonna know i know yeah spider-man 2099 so why I have, are they doing spider-man 2099 why not i think why not bring gwen stacy they might i mean i think uh, the spider-man actually, 2099 right, is dope because you can have a lot of fun sure. with that character the costume is sick i actually have spider-man 2099 uh issues one and two 
Nice. That was, that I have his the, first appearance as well. Yeah. Yeah, and then I have a I have a, a Chrome cover comic book of Spider Man when his first release, and like I don't know, I got a bunch of cool Spider Man stuff. But the twenty ninety nine is kind of what pushed me into getting more into Spider Man as opposed to him being just like, oh look, he shoots web. It kind of gave it this cool, dope ass futuristic yeah. story. So. Like the cyberpunk feel. Right. Like, I think that'd be kind of cool. Plus, you can just kind of green screen somebody on it because it really is that futuristic cyberpunk look. So um, that would be cool. But um, off of this right here, I'm 99.9% sure that Tobey Maguire is going to be in Spider-Man 3 because on December 9th, there were pictures of him out at a Hollywood suit shop, the same suit shop where Andrew Garfield was at and the same suit shop where Tom Holland was at getting fitted for Spider-Man. Oh, I didn't. I, I saw you added it to the notes, yeah. and uh, I didn't know what you were talking about. Yeah. Um, at first, I thought you were gonna make some comment about how he's like old and fat now. No, no, no. But like he looked. Thing. But when he got out of the car, he legit looked like Tobey Maguire from Spider-Man Three. Just had a long night. Like that's what he looked like. He didn't look, you know. And he was had his mask on or whatever it was. But somebody just got a bunch of pictures of him. But it's the same shop where Andrew Garfield was spotted at, and Tom Holland gets Spider-Man suit. So which leads me to believe that he's gonna be there. And it was all over the place. So I mean. Why else would he be there? And he looked to be in regular. He looked to be in decent shape. So, did you hear the theory? I got to interrupt with this because it's not written down, and I just thought of it. Did you hear the theory that that Tobey Maguire will actually not return as Peter Parker, but he will return as the MCU realities version of Uncle Ben? That is Tom Holland's Uncle Ben. Why would they do that? That would be crazy. In a, in a kind of a cool way, but no, I don't think they're going to do it. I think he's going to come back as Peter Parker for sure. But how crazy would it be if in the MCU reality there was a version of Ben Parker, but it was Tobey Maguire? That would be so freaking weird. Like, I don't think I would like I mean, I don't know if I could do that because I don't want to watch to have Tobey Maguire die. Like, that's just what I don't want to have to watch. Well, it's it's, it's kind of like on the Flash TV show where the actor that plays Grant Gustin's uh, father is the 90s Flash, and then he comes back as the 90s Flash later. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could do it. it would, you would only do it so you can get kind of a chuckle out of it. That's why people would do it. Yeah, exactly. It, it would it would be like a post-credit yeah. ha-ha type thing. That that would be the yeah, only which, reason know, it yeah. would be there, just just to be like a ha-ha-ha-ha-ha, you know? But I don't really yep. – I mean, if you're going to bring in Tobey Maguire, you got to bring in Tobey Maguire. Yeah. As Peter Parker. Absolutely. But fuck, how about this? We, I mean, now we know that Alfred Molina's coming back as Doc Ock. I think that's dope. We have Doc shit. Ock and Electro now. Yes, because Doc Ock was dope in Spider-Man 2, which I just recently watched about a month ago. He was great. Alfred Molina is so a good actor, so I think he's going to be great in that. But we've got Doc Ock. We've got Electro. We've got Michael Keaton as Vulture, who you know is going to show up. So we've got half yep, of the we've Sin- got Scorpion. Yeah, we've got Scorpion. We've got four of the Sinister Six. Yep. How much do you want to bet? Yep. How much do you want to bet in the next month we're going to hear either James Franco or Willem Dafoe has been cast? I, you know, it's funny that you say that because I was telling my kids about all this news because we've all seen all the Spider-Man movies together. Mm-hmm. And the first thing out of my my daughter's mouth was, okay, and who's going to be Harry? Because she really likes the Harry from yeah. the Raimi trilogy. And, you know, we all yeah. do. I mean, James oh, Franco yeah. was dope as Harry. And, you know, nothing against Dane DeHaan. I thought his Harry was cool, too. You know, I like the kind of creepy-looking Harry. Yeah, but... but um, uh, I don't know. I need James Franco back as Harry, dude. Yes! I need more James Franco in my life. 
Yeah. I did not, not, Especially not now. Like, I, I mean, need yeah, James exactly. Franco. I mean, not his weird, creepy sexual predator, James Franco, but just like James no. Franco. You know, like <laughs> like James Franco from the interview just asking me to be as precious. That's what I want, you yeah. know? I want Pineapple Express James Franco. <laughs> Oh, dude, I think I think it's dope, man. I really like what they're doing, and it just shows um, that again that Marvel, Sony, and they're all just putting their money into the Spider Man verse yeah. because you got Spider Man. We know Doctor Strange is going to be in this movie. I mean, I think that this is. I mean, they haven't announced a release date, right? No, I think I think uh, the only thing they quote announced was 2022. But yeah. um, does Venom show up? Does Tom Hardy show up? Well, we know, Sony well, owns all the properties. We do know that Daredevil's going to show up. So I mean, who? yes. Oh yes, that was the last thing on our thing. Yeah. I fucking love it. This is the thing you know. I know. This is the yes. thing I've wanted since. You know, we've mentioned it yes. tons of times on the show. Yes. This is the thing I've wanted since Far From Home came out in the theaters. Yes. And I was like, okay, I want fucking Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock as Peter Parker's lawyer. We don't know that that's the role he's going to play, the lawyer, but we do know Charlie Cox is coming of course, Matt Murdock. Of course he's going to play so his lawyer stoked. because at the end of Spider-Man uh, Far From Home, when they call out, oh, Spider-Man's Peter Parker. Spider-Man needs a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. And now, Peter does he Parker? show up as Daredevil? Because they have a great relationship in the comics. Well, probably not at so first. So seeing because... them together on the screen is great. Oh, yeah. I, I'm stoked, man. But see, again, now this is going to open up a door for, um, are we going to get Kingpin in Hell's Kitchen now? Are we going to get better. a Vincent D'Onfrio? Because he's the only one who's left alive. And, and that's what we need. If yep. you're going to bring in Kingpin, you bring in Vincent from a TV show. Not only because people yep. know him, but because he <laughs> was the Kingpin. He beat a man's so head good. in with the car door. Like, what do yep. you do? That's it. He is Kingpin. He was the guy that people feared so much that that guy impaled his own head on a spike in the first episode just to not have to deal with him. Yes, dude. He's just and yeah. he and he has that massive hulking presence of just like don't fuck with this guy. So, but it's um, like a realistic big. It's not like a yeah. Michael Clark Duncan, almost not a human big. Yeah, it's just no big. offense to him, but you know Michael Clark Duncan was like a once in a generation type of yeah, physical RIPD. presence. Yeah, but um, Vincent D'Onofrio's big quote unquote yeah. is a realistic, believable big. Yeah. Now. Here's the thing. Do we eventually see Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist in some capacity? Not in Spider-Man, but in future Marvel movies. Uh, we'll pro- I, I'm willing to bet we'll get Jessica or Jones. Or Punisher. Uh, oh, see, I don't think so. I think, uh, uh, this again, this is just me, but I think Daredevil was the one that launched everything on Netflix and everything that followed it was yep. just okay at best. That's not a knock on Punisher but or anything else, but... Daredevil was the one. Punisher was good, but it wasn't no Daredevil. Same with Luke See, Cage. See, Jessica, Jessica Jones was Jones. my second favorite. Because that first season of Jessica Jones was so fucking good. And that's the one everybody else talks about. Daredevil, Jessica yep. Jones. No disrespect to Luke Cage. I, I liked, liked Iron it. Fist, man. I don't care what anyone else says. I liked Iron <laughs> well, Fist. Well, we're not going to bring back Iron Fist just for you, man. No, I know. <laughs> and everyone else can suck my dick. But I, I liked Iron Fist. I, I understand why it came out so shitty. I feel bad for Finn Jones and what he had to deal with to play that role. But Dude, I, I like, fucking liked yeah. it just because just because I like the character so much from the comics. You know, it was just cool to see him live action. Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with that, but this is they're going to put their money where they can, where they can get the most out of it. So, man, of course, which I, is Daredevil. Yeah, absolutely, because Daredevil is a name too. Like, I mean, the Punisher became a name recently because of Joe Bernthal playing Punisher 
on Daredevil, not because people love the Tom Jane movie and were clamoring yeah. for more Daredevil. Or, I mean, for more Punisher. So, I mean, that's why he got so good. So, I mean, I still see Mike Magnin as John Barenthal every time I have to be in a meeting uh, with dude, him. Dude, that's true. He does. He really does. I, I, every time I see him, I'm just like, okay, I'm talking to Shane and I'm talking to the Punisher. <laughs> that's pretty funny. I still think, I will so, say right now, Tom Jane is still the best Punisher. And I will fight anybody any day what, to not defend. Dolph Lundgren? To def- no. And I will defend the movie <laughs> The Punisher. <laughs> No, Dolph, Dolph Lundgren is He-Man. I give him that, but he ain't nobody else. Uh, oh, oh, yes, you're right. Yeah. Masters of the Universe. Just I watched it last night. With Frank Langella was phenomenal as a Skeletor too. He looked like he's a great time, dude. Huh. Anyways, they, need, they need to do a 4K release of that. They do. I got it on Blu-ray. It looks great. I don't understand why Dolph Lundgren <laughs> is so shiny all the time. Like I know that you're supposed to look he's muscular, but you, God, you, come on, you're too shiny. Because he's Dolph Lundgren. I guess so. You gotta, you gotta he showed up in an episode of Top Gear. Uh, you know how they did an American Top Gear? Yeah. Okay, so he showed up as the, uh, quote, celebrity, secret celebrity guest that they had to pick up. And he looked, it, even there, when he's not on a movie set, when he's not under a bunch of special effects or makeup and everything, yeah. he still walked out of the car and he looked like fucking Dolph Lundgren from <laughs> all the movies. <laughs> he just looks like the Russian. He just looks like the Russian, yeah. He, he looks exactly like that even at his age now. Even in that fucking Imagine Dragons video, he looks exactly like he should. (laughs) Dolph Lundgren has aged very well. He has, and I'm jealous because I'm 39, and I've already aged very poorly from when I was 20. (laughs) Well, Dolph Lundgren has had a lot of work done. A lot of work. I think his face is 92% plastic at this point, but it looks great. Shit. <laughs> I'll never tell him that to his face, though, because he no, will no, no, kill no, 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 no. I mean, I, I'm surprised he's not punching you right now through the screen. Did you hear the story about the people who broke into his house and then saw the pictures of Dolph Lundgren and then put everything back and left? No, but that's fucking fantastic. Yeah, and that's I guess they broke in. Quite and they possibly went, the best story I've ever heard. And then Dol- <coughs> Dolph Lundgren came out the next day and was like, "Yeah, people broke in, but they didn't take anything." And they're like, "Yeah, well, we saw the fucking pictures, <laughs> man, and put it back. Like, it's Dolph Lundgren. No steal from Dolph Lundgren." <laughs> Dude, like that's funny. Oh that's funny my shit. God. You don't steal that from is, Dolph You have no idea how happy that story makes me. <laughs> oh, that's great. That is fantastic. Oh, dude. Well, hey, since, we, since we talked about all the Disney and Marvel news, let's let's uh, instead of moving on to the WWE news, let's talk about Deadpool three. Yeah, that's perfect. That's where that's where I saw thing. rats. So let's do it now. Deadpool three. We knew it was going to happen, but we didn't know in what capacity. Uh, just because you know, Deadpool is. Such a filthy movie compared oh, yeah. to the rest of Disney's MCU, you know. Yeah. Even Logan, you know, the the two of those are kind of in their own thing, and you can't really they're not family friendly for lack of a better term. But not at all. But hey, looks like Deadpool 3 is moving forward. Looks like Deadpool 3 is moving forward as we hope it will. You know, yes. not some watered down PG thirteen version of so I, that's good news. I don't think they'll give us a watered down uh, version of it just because when you have a name like Ryan Reynolds who took a chance and did this, you don't want to do that. And uh, unless, yep. unless, and I could be wrong, they look at the success of uh, Deadpool two, uh, the holiday edition that was PG thirteen, which which I think is stupid. But so many people saw that version yeah. when they released it, so I don't know. 
No, I think it'll be exactly the same. I mean, if you look at the article, it's it looks like the the tone of the movies is you know even though there's going to be a different different writers and po- probably a different director. Oh yeah, it looks like they're maintaining the tone, and uh, they did note that the third installment is going to be R rated. So we're good. Yeah, but I hope they give us a we're good R rating. Yeah, that's true. They they could just. They could just be like, oh, we need to make this R-rated and have a shitty story, but with a ton of absurd cursing and stuff like that. That wouldn't make a good movie. Well, yeah. And, you know, I mean, you could just say least, two fucks and get an R-rating. So, I mean, exactly. what kind of R-rating are they going to give fucks. us? Because if I don't get Ryan Reynolds dropping the C-word, I got a problem. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Sorry. Bless you, oh, Thank you. Dude, it's dusty out here in this garage, man. And I took a sip of water a few minutes ago, and it went down the wrong... Um, a uh, drinking tube. So I've been sitting here trying not, not to not to die on this podcast. Well, I, I will mean, say though, uh, if you're gonna die, you might as well be while you're on the phone with someone. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Go out live on air, guys. Here it is, <laughs> um, yep. dude. I'm kind of happy because I like Ryan Reynolds. I've always kind of liked Ryan Reynolds. I think. Oh he's, yeah. I don't think he's great, but I think he plays whatever role he's supposed to play well. I really liked him he's in the great in roles like. He's great in roles like. Deadpool or Waiting. Waiting's one of my yeah. favorite Ryan Reynolds movies. Waiting's um, he's great in those types of roles, but is he ever going to win an Oscar? Eh, probably yeah. not. Well, like I think the action yeah. comedy is his. That's his forte. Um, yeah. Did you ever see the Hitman's Bodyguard with him and Samuel L. Jackson? No, I totally wanted to, but oh, then I forgot dude, that that pe- was even people a thing. shit on that movie. They're making a sequel. I think it's great. It's 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 kind really? of, it is. It's like a it's kind of like a Nick Fury Deadpool rated R movie. You just gotta watch it, man. It's good. I really, really liked it. I, I watched it on an airplane. Right, I actually, I'm done. And I actually I like bought both it. Actors and yeah, I like both actors, and it looks like the type of absurd shit I like. So, and, and it's cool to see Samuel L. Jackson, even though he's playing like an older character because he's Samuel L. Jackson. He's old, but like to be able to cuss and live it up and just have fun. Selma Hayek. It's a good movie, man. Watch it. I've seen it. It's good. Hitman's body. That's the other guy I would imagine if someone broke into his house and they saw that it was him who lived there, they would just leave. It, it would be Samuel L. Jackson. Yes. Oh, my God, dude. They would be like, oh, shit, we just broke into Shaft's house. We got to go. <laughs> exactly. Have you seen those stupid-ass Capital One commercials with John Travolta as Santa Claus and Samuel L. Jackson is the one who answers the phone? Of course. Yeah. The commercials are fucking terrible, but I want that shirt that says Merry Christmas with cheese, and it's a picture of a cheeseburger. It's from Pulp Fiction, but it's Merry Christmas with cheese. (laughs) Those commercials are stupid as shit, and I lost all respect for John Travolta, but damn, I want that shirt. (laughs) I lost all respect for John Travolta when Battlefield Earth came out, Uh, but I'll still watch his movies. Uh, (laughs) Dude, if you have... I'll still watch Grease. (laughs) You've got to see The Fanatic with John Travolta. Uh, you know what? Is that the movie you and Sean at work were telling me about way back in the day? Yes, it's written and directed by Fred Durst, and it's got Devin Sawa in it. Wait, oh, that is for sure it, because yeah. I remember being as shocked when I heard that yeah. then as I am oh, now. Oh, <laughs> did you know the movie The Long Shots, the Disney movie starring Ice Cube, was directed by Fred Durst? No, I didn't. First of all, I didn't know Fred Durst directed anything. Yep. So this is all coming as a shock to me. I think he's but, only okay. made like six movies. That's six more than I've done. Yeah, he <laughs> did do the long shots, that Ice Cube movie. He also did uh, Population Four Three Six. Wow. And uh, the education. You know way of too Charlie much. About, uh, you know way too much about Fred Durst's directorial filmography. Uh, well, did you ever see the Education of Charlie Banks? That one was actually not bad. 
That one had Jesse no, Eisenberg I mean, I know and Jason of it, but I... and stuff in it. Yeah, yeah that one too. Oh wow! And there was a guy. <clears throat> Uh, there was a, when I was at UC Davis. This was in like 1999, 2000, when you know Limp Biscuit was at their absolute peak. Yeah, there was a guy that worked at the student union where I used to get my sandwich every day who fucking thought he was Fred Durst. Oh God! He dressed like him. He had the red hat and everything like that. And you can just tell this guy jerks off to Fred Durst every day. Dude, <laughs> it was like... the most. It's <laughs> amazing. I feel like almost yeah, every this guy if... for sure thought he was uh, Fred Durst. That's sad. Like. Yeah, that's sad, dude. But that was a that was a crazy time for music because that's when you had like corn and Deftones and yeah, the Limp whole metal rap, yeah. the metal rap thing, that new metal. Because you had you had a uh, you had Method Man was on Limp Biscuit CDs and say it's crazy. It's a crazy time for music. Jennifer yeah, and I Aniston had a Limp Biscuit CD. A, that's sad. I had them all, man. I still play Rolling when I'm at the gym, man. Sometimes you just gotta <laughs> nice. rolling, rolling, rolling. Yeah, but rolling. that was the Undertaker's what? theme. That's different. Oh yeah, that was the Undertaker's theme. Oh man, that was a dark period in wrestling. So too. was a Kid Rock song. Yeah. Oh yeah, American Badass. Man, fuck Kid Rock yep. too. I'm sorry. He was a nice guy, but fuck him. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right, man. What's up next? What do uh, we got? Yeah, let's let's okay. So let's talk about the WB HBO Max thing now. So. It was announced, what was it, two, three weeks ago, that all of WB's 2021 slated movies are going to release concurrently in theaters and on HBO Max. Presumably in 4K HDR, finally, because Wonder Woman is kicking that off. So I would imagine everything else coming after will also be that. Um, That's a huge piece of news. I mean, because you have Disney, okay? who's doing Disney Plus, and they did the thing with Mulan with, you know, the premiere access for $29.99 to view it. And they're they're doing that again with their new movie. What was it called? Rava or Ravi or something? Uh, yeah, I think so. They're, they're doing premiere access with that as well. So you have Disney on the one end who's doing their big releases, some of them for free, like Soul, some of them through premiere access, like that Rava movie. And then you have HBO Max and Warner Brothers who are just like, no, nope, we're putting everything out on HBO. <laughs> Yeah. You, know, you want to go see it in the theaters? Go see it in the theaters. But you can also watch it from the comfort of your own home. Oh, uh, before we continue on this, I watched Mulan with my kids the other day, and it was actually pretty fucking good. Okay. Because it's I've free s- now. Okay, yeah, I've seen it. I'm like, I don't know if I want to watch it. Like, I mean, I liked Mulan, the movie, but if you take out all the fun stuff, I don't know if I like it. Yeah, there's no mood. There's no Mushu. There's no cricket. There's no music. But as a, I don't know, as a more straight-laced, serious biopic, it yeah. was pretty good. I, I I wasn't mad that I lost two hours of my life. It was worth it to me to watch it for free. I would not have paid thirty bucks for it for sure. Yeah, well, that's cool, man. At least, I but mean, it was it was decent. I would give it a solid C plus. You know, it was good for what it was. Well, that's cool, man. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm gonna have to check it out then because I mean, it looks like it'll yeah, be visually it, it wasn't pretty. Bad. Plus, it turns out Jason Scott Lee plays uh, Bori Khan, and I did not know that was Jason Scott Lee. Ooh, fucking Bruce Lee and Mowgli. That's pretty <laughs> badass. Yeah, so I was like, oh, okay. All right, I'll have to check it out. Bruce Lee. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, so it wasn't that terrible. But uh, but yeah, WB adding all their movies to HBO Max. Right there, even if they said, hey, we're not doing 4K still for Wonder Woman and all that, if they announced we're doing all our major theater releases also on HBO Max and you're not going to have to pay anything extra, right there, my HBO Max subscription is worth it. Easily. Yeah, absolutely. It was already worth it with fucking Fresh Prince and Friends and, you know, Westworld and all that, but right there, wow, did I get some 
gnarly value with my subscription. Dude, I mean, even just getting Wonder Woman in 4K on Christmas Day, that's going to be, that's, I mean, that's worth yep. the subscription for me anyways. Um, that's what I'll be doing on Christmas Day. Yeah. Well, what I like is that WB doing this is that they're, again, giving people a chance who can't go to the theaters or who just choose not to go to the theaters. But, yeah. You know, it's like, oh my God, they're not going to make much money. I think that this right here is going to be. Can't right now, anyways, in California. Well, I think this right here is going to be a test for them going forward on how to release other movies. Because do you want to get everybody to pay twelve to fifteen dollars up front one time to see your movie, or pay nine dollars a month every single month and you keep them for a year? You're going to make more money. So I think this is their plan. And that's the same argument with Game Pass. Absolutely, and I think that if this succeeds, we're going to see this more going forward. Because, like, if theaters open up and, ca- like, you know, if theaters open back up or whatever it is in other states and we're out to do things and I'm traveling and, the ma- and you know, everything's safe and The Matrix 4 is playing in theaters and it's on HBO Max, I'll go see it in theaters if I'm out on the road. You know you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't oh, really, sure. it doesn't matter yeah. to me. But, like, it, <clears throat> but I can also watch it on HBO Max. So, I think that, that this is dope. Dude, I'm so stoked. And if you look at the amount of movies that they're releasing and what the actual titles of them were and everything, it's good stuff. And it's kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm so fucking excited for Matrix 4, even though Matrix Revolutions was hot shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still a huge Matrix fan. I mean, that universe that they built. I'm probably the only person that played the Matrix online for that many hours. <laughs> I, I easily put 100 hours into that, you know, That's and fun. that was a horrible game, too. Yeah. So that entire universe, I love, and I'm so glad they're making a fourth one. <clears throat> I don't know how the hell Neo's coming back, but. He's back. Right. So. He's back, and they were filming it in Frisco before um, shutdowns and yeah, stuff happened. Yeah. So um, <coughs> I think it's going to be cool, man. And I like the fact that they're doing this because, again, they're going to make their money the same thing that Netflix does. Because for every one or two good movies that Warner Brothers or whoever's going to drop in theaters, there's 10 to 15 shitty ones that they're releasing out to that no one's going to see that they're yes. losing money on. So this way. Correct. Everything gets out. Everybody sees everything, and then and then you still make all your money, and then you come back in 2022, and you see what Disney does, and you kind of go from there because this is a good Band-Aid for them for 2021, which also, in my head, leads me to believe that things aren't going to be going back to a great normal, at least until 2022, which is fine, whatever. Um, but it's great that they're doing this. Um, it's cool. It gives everybody the option. And um, dude, I, I'm excited. And again, I think this will effectively yeah, I'm slowly super happy kill that the I theater get to business. Watch. I'm super happy that I get to watch all these at, from the comfort of my own home. I mean, I one of the movies I was most looking forward to this last year was Tenet, and I still haven't been able to see that yet. Yeah, me neither. So, I mean, I, I heard good things about it. It's just you know, with the pandemic, it didn't do as well. So uh, it is what it is. But I, you know, I'm, I'm still looking forward to seeing that. Well, so, and I, and I so think, I am yeah. super stoked. Me too. And I think it's going to be a game of chess between Warner Brothers and Disney because it's going to be you know our game of chicken. Who's going to be the first to budge? Who's going to be the first to change course? And we're going to start to see this. And then I guarantee you, in the next, I don't know, three months. 90 days less, Netflix is going to announce some huge shit they have coming out. And then we're going to see some other stuff coming out from, um, uh, well, not going to say Hulu, but they already announced all the stuff for Hulu and FX. It's owned by Disney. So, I mean, yeah. 
I mean, these Netflix ne- was the first to do it, dude. Netflix <clears throat> doesn't really have to announce anything. They were the first to have Hollywood production movies on a streaming <coughs> service. Right. You have movies like fucking that one with Chris Hemsworth, Extraction. You have The Old Guard. You have Enola Holmes. Yeah. All of these could have been Hollywood movies in theaters, you know? Well, and I think that, I think that uh, Netflix is going to announce like, hey, here's what's coming <laughs> up because they're going to have to compete with HBO and Disney Plus yeah. in 2021. And while I love Netflix, how they're losing the office. There's other things like Peacock, you know, Friends is on HBO. But they Max. got the Queen's Gambit, and that show is so good. Uh, yeah, but I see. I didn't watch it. I'm like, I, it doesn't seem like something for me. But I mean, they they so Netflix is going to start dropping out stuff because again, for every one or two mm-hmm. good things Netflix does, there's 50 shitty things that nobody cares about. Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> so uh, let's across. talk about the movie theater industry's response to that because AMC and Regal. We knew this was going to happen. They already threw a shit fit with Universal, you yeah. know, when they said they weren't going to. So we knew they were going to be mad about this. And you know what? You can't even be upset at AMC and Regal being upset because it makes sense. Why wouldn't they be upset? A huge chunk of their business just got taken away. Right. And they're scrambling. Right. And that's where I'm saying it seems like they're killing these industries because how is AMC? How is Regal? How is Cinemark going to continue on, you know, yeah. the next year? And so I'm hoping, yeah. and I, I don't want to sound rude here, but I'm hoping that we start to see a shift and a change in these theaters where it's no longer, hey, I just spent $100 to go watch the crudes in theaters with my family to, <laughs> hey, I spent $25 and me and my family went and saw a movie and we had some popcorn. You know you know what I mean? Like, And I'm hoping that we see yeah. that pivot where these things don't become so expensive where a day at Disneyland is almost as much as taking your family to a movie. And that's where it becomes... You know, I really liked what theaters were doing with like the AMC uh, monthly pass where you yes. pay like, what was it, like 20 bucks a month and you got to see like five movies. Yeah. Anytime you wanted. And you got X percent discount on your i think if movie theaters shift to a subscription service like that they could potentially survive but you know it's hard for me to feel bad for amc and regal when you have all these small businesses like restaurants and stuff having to shutter because of the pandemic absolutely you know i order i order from my favorite poke bowl place twice a week just because I was like, I feel like it's my duty to keep them afloat. You know, I know I'm not the only one that orders from them. Uh, you know, also because I fucking love Pokeballs. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you got to support. You them. know, but I, I I feel like it's my duty to order from them just to keep them afloat during this time. Because you know what? They can't have indoor dining anymore. Right. And no one's going to eat outdoors right now because it's fucking pouring rain. Right. Well, that's where like the local cinemas that we have, like the Vine, you know, that serves <laughs> beer and wine and ticket prices are six bucks. Yeah. Like. That's who I want to support. And that's who I want to make the money. Like, sorry, I'm with you. Cinemark and AMC and stuff. You guys have been doing this for a long time, making a lot of money. You've got to be able to pivot and yeah. adapt. And there's a reason. And it yes. sucks. But yes. you have to right now, especially now. And you can't just say, well, I'm not going to change and adapt. Everybody needs to go back to where it was because it's not. Because it ain't happening. Right. And you've got to yeah. change and overcome and adapt. And that's why we'll do the same thing. Local restaurants downtown. If they've if they've overcome and they found ways to get us food, we'll help them out, man. We'll do what we have to do. Yeah, I'll, I'll always order on my weekends. I'll, I'll order from my Pokey Place. I'll order from First Street Ale House over Burger King any day. Yeah, absolutely. Burger King's going to be fine. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. If their shareholders get one less yacht this year, boo. Yeah, y'all can suck a dick. Um, hey, before we move on, uh, I have to take a bathroom break. All right. I've tinkled. Sounds good. All I'm right. going to go refill my water and stretch and do all that good stuff. All right, so, cool. folks, we'll be back. Be right back.
All right, and we are back, um, <laughs> which is funny that I say that, because when I edit this, it's all going to be instantaneous anyways. Yeah, <laughs> suckers, you don't so. know what we do behind the <clears throat> scenes. But uh, this next thing we're not going to spend a whole ton of time on, it's more just uh, an interesting blurb than anything else. You see, you see a guy like Chris Hemsworth or Chris Evans, and you see how big they got for their um, MCU roles, and you're like, yeah, these guys are really huge, they're really ripped and whatnot. And then you see a picture of Chris Hemsworth twice as big as he was in Thor yeah, to play Hulk Hogan and he's like yeah. 10 times as ripped and you're like what the fuck holy shit yeah. even Hulk Hogan himself was like oh my god brother oh boy I tell you what that's crazy did you see the picture yes I did and his veins had muscles it's insane um I give yeah. Chris Hemsworth all the props because you you and me, you had made the joke in a text to me where you were like, man, you just watched him in Star Trek and he was just the little Kirk. And then all of a sudden he's fucking Thor. Yeah. How did that happen? Like, it was so quick. But this is what's crazy is that, <coughs> excuse me, I am excited for this for two reasons. One, I think that Chris This is Hems- the one Bischoff is producing, right? I think so. And 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 yeah. Chris Hemsworth <clears throat> doesn't get the respect he deserves for being an actor. And I and I'm just this is just my personal opinion, but I think that he is great as Thor. I think he has great 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 comedic timing. I think he helped hold the Ghostbusters female uh, movie together. Mm-hmm. I think his his humor is great in Thor. I but he can also be a dramatic actor if you look at Extraction or you look at him uh, was it Moby Dick that he played where the dude lost like 70 pounds almost 80 pounds to play the part you know searching for the whale and everything the Ron Howard directed oh, movie oh I didn't even know that movie existed yeah dude it's it's a Ron Howard movie it wasn't a very good movie but he lost all this weight and dropped down for it he also did um uh, a race car movie here you he was- are talking about a Moby Dick movie one of the most incredible books ever written <clears throat> and you're like yeah he was in a Moby Dick movie it was directed by Ron Howard and the only experience <laughs> uh, and the only Recent experience I've had with Moby Dick is telling my kids the joke. What's Moby Dick's dad's name? Papa Boner. Ha 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 ha. ha. <laughs> oh, it's a oh, womp womp. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's actually fucking hilarious. <laughs> oh man. That's okay. I like that one. I'm sorry, but that's good. That was uh, good. Anyways, no, but go I guess, on. But um, but Chris Hemsworth though, man, he's a good actor, and I feel like he could kind of bring this Hulk Hogan movie together. I'm also hoping they don't shy away from the racism or the sex tape because that's the stuff. That oh, I don't need Hogan. to see the sex tape again. No, no, I want to see Chris Hemsworth all fat and bloated, burping because he had too many <clears throat> ribs. That's what I want to see. That's what I want, and I think he can do it. You know what I just realized? I just admitted to watching the Hulk Hogan sex tape on there. You did? And that's gross. <laughs> it was gross. I didn't want to see it, but it was like one of those I can't look away things. You had to do it for journalistic purposes. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, and, and you know, curiosity. There, I, I'm not going to lie. There was a part of me that was like, I wonder what this looks like. It can't be good. It's like it's like when I watch a horror movie. It's, you know, you just sometimes you got to you just got to power through it. <clears throat> Yeah, oh, I did. I, I, okay, yeah. Gross. So I'm sorry. He played in the movie In the Heart of the Sea, and it was a recounting of the New England whaling ship sinking by the giant whale in 1820. That it was. It's the movie that inspired Moby Dick. Got it. Okay, I have heard of that. I was like, when did they make a Moby Dick movie? Yeah. So and um, Hemsworth lost like eight, like seventy <laughs> something pounds for the movie, and it's done by Ron Howard and Jeez. all that kind of stuff. But he gets overlooked when he plays these dramatic roles because he's just Thor. Yeah. But when you look at him in the vacation movies and everything else, so I'm excited. I think he's a great actor. I think he'd be able to knock this out of the park. So let's see what happens. 
But speaking of wrestling, yes, let's let's do this because I haven't been keeping up and watching other than clips online. I still, you know, I still jump on four one one mania pretty much weekly to catch up on stuff. But um, uh, I spoiled it for you, and I apologize. You did. Oh, I'm that still mad at you, fucker. Up. When Sting showed up in AEW, but you know, it's like we've come full circle. Sting is back. We have Sting and Tony Schiavone back on TNT. Right. And it's like and I went back to 1998. Dude, I'm gonna tell you right now. Right now, I'm gonna tell this for everybody listening out there. I've been watching wrestling since I was nine. It's had to have been. I've been watching wrestling 25 years, man. Back when, when Diesel was Shawn Michaels' bodyguard and Bam Bam Bigelow yep. was wrestling. I mean, yep. it's, it's been forever. I have not <coughs> been this excited for a wrestling promotion or what's happening than I have been with AEW the past couple months, man. And it's because they've got young talent, they've been putting on matches, and I haven't religiously sat down and watched wrestling week by week in a long time because I just don't have the time, and it it hasn't been interesting. Yeah, same. But AEW has put on a product every single week I did not like FTR you can go back and listen to the original <laughs> podcast where I said fuck the revival they're garbage whatever the hell I said about them but watching <laughs> them on AEW I, I got nothing but respect for them same with these people like the Butcher and the Blade and you know you were a huge watching New Japan Pro Wrestling and you know Pro Wrestling Guerrilla yes. and stuff like that Still I wasn't yep. really into that so for me to see these matches like I watched on Wednesday night Kenny Omega versus John Moxley for the title fucking blew my mind watching the young bucks put on these matches that i've never seen before against th2 the hybrid two or whatever the fuck they are like seeing these things that these guys are doing has me excited for wrestling again the fact that sting is back in this kind of promotion with tony shivani it's being run by tony khan yet it's being headlined by chris jericho and jake hager and John Moxley, all these people that WWE let go, and 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 it, and it yeah. breaks my heart that WWE took a character like Sting, a fucking legend like Sting, and just let him go. They didn't even offer him a. Can legend you believe? Deal. Can you believe looking at John Moxley's body of work since he left WWE with what he did in New Japan with the G1 Climax and you know his work yeah. in AEW? Can you can you believe that the moment that ended the relationship between? John, uh, 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 Dean Ambrose and WWE was over the term pooper scooper. Wait, no, I didn't know that. Okay, you have to go to Talk is Jericho and look at the episode uh, of when Dean Ambrose first left before he joined AEW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't listened about, to Jericho's like, podcast in a long time, so fill me on this. Me either, but this was like, this was like what, two years ago when it happened? A year ago? Yeah. So, anyways, he said it was over the phrase pooper scooper. They were. It was on a raw taping or something, and Vince came up to Dean Ambrose and he's. He was like, <clears throat> he was like, hey buddy, I uh, I want you to say the term. This is worse than if I were to pick it up with a pooper scooper. Ah, it's gonna be great. And uh, Dean Ambrose was like, I'm not saying that. My character would not say pooper scooper. And they got into this huge thing over it. And uh, he said at that moment he was like, yeah, I knew I was done here. Dude, I hated what they did, what they did to him at the end with that stupid gas mask and getting shots and stuff. And dude, they took yep. a, they took somebody like Moxley, who was a great worker, and put him to the side. Like, and that's what yeah. sucks. And so I am so happy for AEW. Like I, 
like people like Santana and Ortiz or Jake Hager, aka Jack Swagger, or you know who who legit is a badass MMA fighter and he's still kicking ass yeah. in, in in AEW. Like it's unbelievable, and they give these characters the free reign to do what they want to do. So Sting signed, and he showed up on their uh, on their on their Wednesday night, the AEW Dynamite. Didn't say anything, just showed up, and it was fucking awesome. So he last showed week, up exactly how he did back in the day when he became the Crows thing. Yeah, remember in WCW, he would just show yeah. up. He he would like be in the rafters and shit. Yeah, he would start showing up week after week, just pointing his bat at people. Right. Well, this is what's crazy. That was so, so he, awesome. It was, and he showed up and he did this, and it's great. And there is a character that I'm a huge fan of. Um, Darby Allen in AEW. I think this dude is great. Oh, yeah, for sure. I love Darby Allen. Phenomenal. So last week, Sting shows up and he has the whole thing, and Sting gets on the ramp and he waves to the camera like he's saying hi. I'm like, oh, Sting's never done that. But he goes into the ring and Sting is, he's just, he's not in his crow character. He's just Sting. And he's in the ring with Tony Schiavone and he's got Cody Rhodes there and face paint on. Dude, and he was, and he had the face on. He's like, Tony Schiavone, give me a hug. Come here, I haven't seen you. He's like, you got to give it to me. Give me a it's Sting. And Tony nice. Schiavone does it, and he leaves the ring, and Sting's having a good time. And he turns, and he goes, you know, it's very familiar being here, and some things never change. And he turned and pointed to Darby Allen while Cody Rhodes was in the ring. Oh, and, nice. And that's, just, and that's just how we left it. But it was just so cool to see Sting come back in and work with these younger talents, you know, and put him in with a Darby Allen or put him in there with Cody Rhodes yeah. because if it wasn't for Cody's dad, there wouldn't be a Sting. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? So it's like yeah. this this yeah. full circle stuff that's coming in that just kind of warms your heart and makes me happy. And it's and um, they got Miro, you know, a.k.a. used to be Rusev, but Miro's over there now. Yep. and. Dude, I don't understand how Vince McMahon and Triple H and WWE let people go who have personality like 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 Miro or like a Chris Jericho. I don't understand how Miro's gone, how Rusev's gone, but Lana's still there. Because Lana is a tall, blonde woman who's scantily clad all over social media. Vince McMahon will never let her go. Yeah, that's true. That's I true. mean, I mean, no offense to her. She works her ass off and everything else, but she can't wrestle. She can't work. She, I don't know, she, though. He let Summer Rae go. He let Eva Marie go. They all sucked at wrestling, and they were gorgeous, too. Yeah, but they yeah, also couldn't knows? act. Like, they couldn't act. And, like, what pisses me off is that, you know, yeah. Lana and these people can act and do all this kind of stuff, and so he keeps them, but you get you get legit badasses like a Shayna Baszler who just gets overlooked or just kind of pushed to the side. You Dude, know, or gets, yes. And it's just like, man, come yeah. on. This isn't 1985. What are we doing here? Like, this is just whack. Well, there's always NXT where you have where you have women like Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm and whatnot, getting, yeah. you know, getting their uh, – they basically run – NXT. Well, yeah. Well, then you got someone like Candice LeRae who's over there who broke her arm in her last match. So, you know, I think that yeah. you're seeing this difference in WWE is just uh, the, the Raw is dropping the ball on it. And you got Vince McMahon who's just old doing this stuff. And and it's hard because AEW is taking these legends and these old school people in the ring and they're letting them evolve and be somebody else. And yet yes. WWE yes. is showing us a Goldberg cutting a promo on Roman Reigns telling him he's next and I'm like awesome it's 1999 again this is exactly what I want to see yep but so you know it's, so it's you know you have to come over some uh, sometime soon because I purchased uh Wrestle Kingdom 11 12 and 13 and yeah. you will see some of the greatest matches of your life on that I lo- I, there I was it. a okay I I, th- I think it was Wrestle Kingdom 11 that show kicked off and it just 
picture this in WWE and what a clusterfuck it would have been. There was a Four Corners tag match that kicked off Wrestle Kingdom 11. It was the Young Bucks. <coughs> Excuse me. It was the Young Bucks. It was Kyle O'Reilly and uh, uh, Bobby Fish, Red Dragon. Yeah. So Young Bucks, Red Dragon. It was the Time Splitters, which is Kushida and uh, Alex Shelley. And then um, Forever Hooligans. Uh, shit, who was in the... Anyways, it was a Russian and Cuban guy, I forgot. So it was those four teams in a Four Corners tag match with New Japan-styled wrestling. Can you imagine, just in your head right now, having not seen it, how good that match already is? Yeah, in my head, I'm just, I'm a, I am I want to watch it. <laughs> my God, Red Dragon, they were one of my favorite teams in New Japan, and as soon as it was announced that the two of them were going to NXT, I was like, okay, cool, at least it's NXT, yeah. but I knew it would never be as great as, you know, whatever it, they did and, in and, and, New and Japan, it has it. were. And it hasn't been, but yeah. that's where... And that's where I think WWE is going to shoot themselves in the foot because WWE likes to live in their own quote-unquote universe, the WWE universe, and nothing else exists outside of that as opposed to uh, AEW, which went off air two Wednesdays ago with Kenny Omega beating Jon Moxley for the AEW world title and then running off with Don Callis saying, if you guys want to hear what's going on, tune into Impact Wrestling on Tuesday on Access TV to hear what's happening. Yeah, that's fucking insane. You know, and, and it's just like, and so then what did I do? I turned into Access TV to watch it, to see what was going to happen, yeah. to see the Kenny Omega promo, to see what they did, to hear Kenny Omega say, hey, you were friends with Ambrose back in the day, weren't you? Remember Tough Enough Season 1? To hear Kenny Omega reference John Moxie as Dean Ambrose in WWE. Like, I mean... Yet WWE in an impact ring. Yeah, in an, no, yeah, on an impact channel. Then aid, and then Tony Khan cutting a commercial, <laughs> being like, "Oh yeah, by the way, I paid for this, and I paid for Impact to be here tonight." I mean, technically, I could buy them if I want to because I have so much. Like just hearing that, and then thinking about WWE, which just lives in their own bubble. Like they act like there's nothing yeah. else outside of them, and that's where the wrestling world loses sight of somebody. Like a Miro, like a Chris Jericho, like a yeah. fucking Sting. How do you not at least sign Sting to a Legends deal? Have him do one match a year at right. WrestleMania and let him sign autographs <laughs> for six months. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's I what mean, happens when you have blinders on. Right. I mean, we see and, it everywhere. You and, know. and I hate to say this, but as long as Vince McMahon is still sitting there running everything and giving the final sign off. It's what's going to happen. This is why NXT Correct. is better because Triple H, you know, he runs it and he does it from his perspective because he's been there. He changes with the time. There, there's a reason why you see these smaller, quicker, high speed, high intensity, high spot matches in NXT that you're not seeing on Raw and SmackDown because Triple H knows well, what just people look want. At, just look at characters that jumped from Raw and SmackDown to NXT. Look at Emma. I talk about Emma a lot because she's one of my low-key favorite wrestlers. Look at her when she showed up as Dancing Emma. Yeah. Right? And then she she was, quote, bumped down to NXT and had, like, match of the year with Paige. Right. And, and then, then they brought her back, and, and then she left. And now she's an impact as, you know, Tennille doing her own thing or whatever. But she's a, just... In, inside the company of WWE, just going from Raw and SmackDown to NXT, look at the body of work that Emma did in NXT. Yeah. You know, yeah. a lot of people forget her match with Paige was basically what kicked off the women's revolution. Yeah, I mean it was because they put it fucking down, and 
And it's crazy that there are, <coughs> excuse me, there are, there are female wrestlers who can put it down and they bust their asses off and can put on legit matches, you know, like like a Bailey or a Sasha Banks, but they get pigeonholed yeah. into these shitty ass characters where they can't even speak their yeah, lines. And they end up in gravy matches or something. Right. You have somebody like um like a Kevin Owens who is so good in everything he does or a Sami Zayn. God, yeah. And you pigeonhole them into these to these shitty uh, scripted, overdone. <coughs> excuse me. Um, yeah, these cartoon roles. Right, and it's just like, come on, man. Or Daniel Bryan? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Yeah. You had these these athletes, like these guys, who just kind of get pigeonholed into this shit, and it breaks my heart because you get people like FTR who went over to AEW and are tearing it up, and you got the young bucks who yeah. are out there putting on matches. I text you and said, dude. Kenny Omega and John Moxley two weeks ago put on a fucking five star match on free TV on TNT. Yeah, I was gonna say when you told me about that, it's insane that there was a title match with a title, you know, on the line, the title on the line on fucking Dynamite. You know how WWE does yes. things. They're not gonna give you a title match unless it's a pay per view. And it changed hands and ended with a swerve with the runner running out, saying, "Tune in next week yep. on my competition's channel." Yep. And it's like, are you kidding that me? Is but so no. Insane what, to me. what do we get? We get Seth Rollins popping out Rey Mysterio's eyeball. Yeah, that's right. Jesus. Uh, but long story short, dude, Sting joining AEW is huge. AEW, I think, is a great promotion. They're up and coming. If you're not watching them or you haven't, check them out. You, if you have uh, Comcast or if you have the TNT app, you can watch old episodes or 90-minute yeah. formats. Check it out, man. It is great. And these dudes are out there busting their asses off, putting on just show after show after show. And it is so good. Give them a chance. To me, I look at it like supporting local as opposed to going to Target. You know what you're yeah, going to get at Target, business, yeah. Walmart, and the price, but try, support your local. Check out AEW. See what they got because I guarantee you this isn't WCW 2.0. This is this is a wrestling television revolution that's going to continue. It kind of is WCW 2.0, but the best parts of it. It's like 1998 WCW 2.0, not the rest of the bullshit. That they yeah. Do. I mean, it's like I, the that, best parts of WCW, the best parts of New Japan and the best parts of like, you know, like Ring of Honor and the Indies all yes. rolled into like a big glitzy package. Yeah. And, and but what I think what sets it apart is I think we've talked about this before is the production value and the way it looks on my TV coming across, you know, as opposed to, you know, WWF to me back in the day was very like gritty and grimy and it was very like this is dirty and raw and WCW very overproduced yep. with bright lights and very like shiny and dancing yep. girls and that's what they did and I just I couldn't get into it and AEW to me now is like the grimy gritty this is where we're shooting this is raw this is real this is dope and raw is a very overproduced Thunderdome lasers AR boo 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 it's like <laughs> man just I don't want that I mean I did for like two weeks I wanted to check out the Thunderdome now I'm just like man just give me fucking wrestling man just let me see some dope shit yeah, and then and then I um, guess let's move on to a sadder thing though. Yeah, um, Pat Patterson died. I mean, he wasn't young. I I mean I get it, but he's Pat Patterson. I you huh? know he he was one of the Stooges back when wrestling was like on everyone's television set in the he's late nineties. You know he was the first Intercontinental Champion on that rainy day in Rio. <laughs> you yep, know? they keep telling that story, which apparently <laughs> didn't really happen. But whatever. Did, yeah, it didn't happen at all. <laughs> Didn't happen at all, but who cares? It's a good story. So, you know, he was the first openly gay wrestler, you yes. know, in like a major promotion. I mean, this guy, 
it's Pat Patterson. It is, and my you know, God, and he did a lot. And I could sit here and talk good things about Pat Patterson, but we would also be remiss if we didn't mention the kind of dark side with the sexual abuse against him and everything else that happened um, for a yes, very, yes. very, very long time. Um, but you know, neither neither here nor there. His impact on the wrestling industry and just you know in general is. Is massive and he touched a lot of lives and you know changed a lot of yeah. lives that way and helped a lot of people. He also did a lot of bad things, but you know, hey, we can look at the positive here. Same with you know Crispin Wall and everything else. So, yeah. but um, we're not all saints. I mean, yeah. I'm not excusing it, but we're not all saints. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. You know, yeah. but you know, R.I.P. to the legacy and to the and to everything that Pat Patterson stood for in the wrestling ring. Um, you know, with the title and his legacy going forward with WWE. Yep. And if if anything, if anything, he left us with the greatest quote, quote ever, which is the crowd will go banana. <laughs> Remember reading about that in yeah. McFoley's book? Yeah. How he couldn't get his uh, <laughs> how he couldn't get his plurals and singulars correct because because uh, you know he's originally French Canadian. So he told yeah. McFoley, "Oh, if you do this, the crowd will go oh banana." Oh my god, I forgot. And that. I think McFoley countered with, "Are you saying they're gonna go nut?" <laughs> That's so good. Those are the stories, man. Uh, I still hear people quote like wrestlers quoting that. Like you know, when you watch like a behind the scenes yeah. NXT or something, you'll see like Bailey saying some shit like, "Oh, and the crowd will go banana." That's funny. <laughs> That's good. I love uh, it. Oh, let's move on to some gaming news now. Let's some of this it. stuff we can blow through kind of quickly because I really want to talk about Cyberpunk. And you know, our last episode was a month ago, so we had just gotten our next gen system. Yep. So we're a month into it now. We're like what four patches into these systems now. So yeah, <laughs> we can talk about that as well. So let's really quickly go through some of these. Uh, Neil Druckmann finally got promoted. About time. I don't know why I said finally. It's not like it's something that he's been arguing or pushing for or anything. But you know, he was he was the art or not the art director, the director for you know games like Uncharted, The Last of Us, The Last of Us Two. So he yep. got he he got a little pay raise, which is good he's for the him. Vice President of Naughty Dog now. I mean, he's been there for a very long time. There's been you know um, he's been one of those people who likes to how do I put he likes to stay in touch with the fans from what I've seen you know him on Twitter he has no problem keeping people inside the loop he also seems like somebody who we've I mean you know we've heard stories about him good and bad but he also seems like somebody who is very quick to take the brunt of of problems you know like I'll see him on Twitter kind of owning up to shit or talking about stuff or giving out props and stuff regardless of whatever I don't know he has gifted us with some of the greatest stories in video games in my opinion at least he you was look at, very nice to me when i interviewed him back in the day there, and there you go just like just like again kid rock is a I was disgusting a piece of shit but he was so nice to me when i met him so there you go and exactly yeah, exactly yeah, and you yeah. told the story about him before how uh you know he was just super nice to you being a nobody and i think that the way you treat the people you don't know speaks volumes and uh and uh so i i'm guessing could, yeah and i guess it couldn't happen to a nicer person from you know from what i get and uh good for him and i'm hoping that we that he keeps pushing forward i'm hoping we get another uncharted game i'm hoping that we get uh we you know another last of us type game or another something. jack and daxter yeah no another jack and daxter that would be <laughs> so much fun uh, yep. but I think that that uh, it's good hands. It's well deserved. Good for you, man. Enjoy the money. Now give us give us a good PS5 upgrade for The Last of Us Two. 
Yep, yep. You know it's coming. I know they haven't announced it, but it's got to be coming. That game released way too close to the new generation to not eventually yeah. have some sort of upgrade. So, um, yeah. so well, we'll see. And, and but, to um, me, too, and it looks like one of those games that, um, like, um, like for, I was telling you, I turned the film grain off and, and everything on it when I played it, and it looks much nicer, but I think with a good crystal yeah, exactly. clear patch, yep. it wouldn't take so much. It wouldn't have to be a huge patch for them to fix it because it's so well done anyways. I'm pretty sure they're, they're going to have it out. 60 FPS patch is all I want. Right, exactly, and I'm pretty sure we'll get it, hopefully, as like a Christmas yeah. present or something that they'll release to us as like a surprise. So, fingers crossed. I don't understand all these games launching with the film grain filter. I mean... I guess a part of me is thankful you can turn most of them off, but why did I just spend $1,300 on a brand new Sony 4K Dolby Vision TV and then slap a thing of film grain on top of it? It doesn't make any sense to me. I've never liked playing a game with film grain. I always turn it off. Yeah, I hate so, it. Anyways, it. To me, it walks out. But, um, there. but but for Neil Druckmann, I think that, that 2020, he's one of the few people who you can say it's been a Great year for him because big props to one of my favorite yeah. games of this year, The Last of Us Two, one game of the year, and that's that's huge. Yep. Um, it, it was coming down between, um, in my opinion, Ghosts and um, The Last of Us Two, but going back and they playing were so, more, both yeah, so good. They were, and I've been, I've been playing nothing but Ghosts uh, these past couple like past couple weeks. It's just such a good game, and it's so beautiful, and you know, I just want to get through it because I get into it, and I get hooked on it. Um, Dude, Especially it's just, on the it, PS5 with the uncapped oh, abs- frame rate. I know, it's so fucking gorgeous. Um, yeah. But, I don't know, man. It's just, it, it, The Last of Us Part 2, something about the story, something about the just the gripping tale of it, something about the emotional pull on it. It's just well done. Um, the Abby character I liked. I mean, really, if you think about The Last of Us 2, it is two complete video games put into one. You got the story of Ellie and you got the story of Abby, and I think that that's really cool. Yeah. Um, it was a very ambitious project, and it's a beautiful game. So, congratulations to Neil Druckmann, Naughty Dog, and The Last of Us Two, man. I mean, very well deserved. And it pisses off all the assholes, which I like even more. Mm. Watching them get all hot and bothered on Twitter. <laughs> I know. Fuck them. I love it. Yep. Fucking love it. Yep, got my middle finger up right now. You guys can't see it, but it's up. It's up and yeah. proud. So that's right. Fuck so uh, here, you. let's move on. So. Uh, A new 007 game is coming, and what's interesting about this is, other than GoldenEye, we haven't had any good 007 games. Everything or Nothing was probably the only other one that I can say was entertaining that I actually played through. I think it was for, like, the original Xbox, because they actually made it with Pierce Brosnan and Shannon Elizabeth, like, a brand new, you know, 007 movie, so that was cool. But, you know, for the game that basically kickstarted the first person shooter craze on consoles anyways yep it really has gotten kind of the shit into the stick for the past couple of decades were you a cheater and played so, with Bodjob? huh were you the cheater when you played no i wasn't the cheater you didn't i with- very rarely played multiplayer on golden Knight just because i love the campaign so much okay i just want to make sure you weren't the odd job guys want to make sure i didn't know I didn't no know i was not the odd job guy in fact that was one of the rules whenever i played split screen was no odd job okay just making sure because i was i was yeah. definitely an odd job guy which ex- explains a lot about me <laughs> <laughs> but um the guys who are making Hitman are developing this new 007 game. So what do you think that... Wait a minute. I realize I just accidentally deleted something. What did you delete? Nintendo confirms it's working on a new console. That is correct. Yeah, that was there. I accidentally... 
So let's touch on that super Nintendo, quick, we're sorry. We don't we know did, anything we, about it. We didn't forget you, Nintendo. We're sorry. Yeah. So uh, before we go back to 007, what do you think? you think it's going to be a 4K Switch or a brand new console? Uh, we don't I don't know a damn thing. I think it'll end up being a 4K Switch only because the Switch has been such a huge hit for Nintendo yes. and just gaming gaming yes. worldwide. Um, and you look at you look at things like the iPad Pro or the way like my my you know iPhone 12 has a 4K HDR screen on it with you know Dolby Vision yeah. and Dolby Sound, so it doesn't seem to be that far of a stretch. And Right. Nintendo has been picking up a lot more third-party games uh, recently, you know, because they have Doom and they really have fucking Doom Eternal came out on Switch, right? So, um, you know, of all games, exactly, and it plays so well and it's so much fun. Like I have all the other Dooms on there, and it's when I traveled, man, that was my go-to. I'm not gonna lie, I haven't touched my Switch in like six months, but you know, I'm not traveling as much, so I don't play it as much, but. Dude, I think a 4K Switch is what we're going to have, and I think that they're going to start bringing in more third-party apps like a Netflix or a um, – because I know they have Hulu now, and they didn't want to be the streaming thing. But I think we'll get more storage. I think we'll get more like a Netflix, like an Apple TV kind of thing on there where it can be your yeah. real all-in-one. Um, and I, I'm hoping Nintendo's just holding off until the world opens up a little bit more for travel because they're going to start be able to push – 4k travel because i think that was something that sony was looking into from a lot of patents we saw before the ps5 came out um yeah i remember that yeah yeah and in xbox <laughs> as well they were looking at a lot of like remote play being able to go from your console to your to your bus trip on your way to work to your commute or whatever it was so i think that nintendo will be the first to jump into that because the switch was basically that and i think that you know yeah. We'll see it because, um, and this is going to lead us into the next 007 thing because the PSP was revolutionary when it was on when it was on moving, uh, like you know being able to play on the run and the remote play and stuff until they. Oh, had, I fucking loved it. Right, but to the me, PSP, the Vita, the yes. fucking Wii U, all these quote portable yes. systems, I loved. But the PSP is where 3DS. the best is where the best James Bond game came out, and that was from Russia with love. And they remade the movie into a video game, and they had Sean Connery oh, revoice I all the that. lines. That was a good game. Yes, and it was a it was a third person shooter with James Bond, and it was basically yeah. a hit a nineteen seventies hitman starring James Bond. So that's the I completely fucking forgot about that game, and I love that game too. And, right. So this segues perfectly back into the 007 news. You're Since goddamn right. It does. Developers are making it. <laughs> Since the Hitman developers are making this new 007 game, do you think it's going to be a first-person shooter or a Hitman-styled game? I think it will be a more um, Hitman-styled game because. There are so many games right now that are this first-person shooter style. The one of the games being the one that we're going to talk about at the end that you and me just started playing. So I think that we're going to get more of the Hitman-style game because um, IO Interactive already said that, I mean, they haven't really announced anything for the new consoles except Hitman 3 and a complete 4K upgrade. So if you owned Hitman 1 and 2, you'll get a brand new free versions of the game and Hitman 3 when it comes out. Nice. Which is great. So I think that... Very nice. Right. So I think you take that property of 007 and you put it into a dope Hitman-style game. But I don't know, man. Shit. What do you think? So because here, here's now also it depends the on what com- it depends on what James Bond game they're doing. Like what kind of James Bond they're going with. Exactly. It. And you know, 
if you think back to the old Sean Connery James Bond movies, they weren't bombastic Michael Bay action pieces. I mean, James Bond was sneaky. James Bond was clever. You know, whatever. So my, I guess the next question is, what Bond is this going to be? Is this going to be a Daniel Craig Bond? Is this going to be an original James Bond? Because there was a James Bond game for PS2 called Nightfall, I think. And yes. it was like a generic Bond. Yeah. So is that what we're going to see here? Well, see, and that, and that's where I'm curious because I, it takes me back now where I have to kind of rethink what I was saying because For Russia With Love was a fucking Hitman-style game with James Bond. Yeah. But you already have all your Hitman games, and that was an older Bond, and that was before we got Daniel Craig out there kicking ass. So you can do Daniel Craig-style yep. Bond, but then you do that, then you're pigeonholing yourself into another game where you're just like, oh, an Assassin's Creed type James Bond or a, right. you know what I mean? So they're going to have to do it right. And IO Interactive, they're known they're they're known for their Hitman games and they're known for their yep. stealth type, yep. slow, methodical games. And if you think about the history of James Bond, it, he's supposed to be this stealth felt spy who does all this cool stuff but in reality he just he's not really good at what he does he tells everyone his name and blows a lot of shit up <laughs> so i oh, mean man, i mean they, true. they could just take an unreleased you know um story and turn it into a video game which i think will be cool but because yeah. of I all mean, the ian fleming books there's got to be something that they haven't right. touched yet right there's so oh speaking many. of james bond i believe and i'm not sure if this is still going on or if this is a thing that's permanent moving forward but every single james bond movie was free on youtube with ads they are actually all like, on it's entire, like legally, like what? not some shitty, you know, yeah. not some shitty. I recorded it off a of TV with my phone oh. type thing. Like, you know, actually, this is a legit every James Bond movie was free on YouTube with ads. And I rewatched my favorite Bond movie, which is The Living Daylights. Oh, really? You know, and it, 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 it Timothy Dalton is my favorite Bond to this day. T-Dol. And I think he got a really bad rap because he was a serious Bond right after Roger Moore's cartoon Bond and everyone hated a serious Bond. But now we have Daniel Craig, who was a serious Bond and everybody loves it. Yeah. I feel like Timothy Dalton's version was just, was just way ahead of its time. Yeah, I, I think it was. Because that was the big criticism with Dalton was that, oh, he's not fun anymore. He's too serious. He's too angry. He's too stone cold as a killer. Yeah. Well, that's, what, that's Daniel so, Craig. That's Daniel Craig and everybody's all about it now so well like it's funny because i love james bond and I, I loved sean connery as james bond and he was just, of course and he was so good but then you go back and you watch those movies and, and in reality they're just it's not it's not he's not good he's oh man he is terrible Well, the thing about sean connery as bond if you look at his movies there were really only two good ones. Well, three good ones, I would say. I would say Dr. No from Russia with Love and Goldfinger are the only good ones. Because once you start going into Diamonds Are Forever and You Only Live Twice, it gets weird, it gets racist. Well, see, see, You Only Live Twice gets extremely racist. But see, I enjoyed From Russia with Love. I thought that was was Sean Connery's best outing as James Bond. No, that's what I was saying. That's one of the only, like, three good ones. Yeah, and so, and it's just, it's, yeah, you're right. And they're just, they're, God, it's like I look at Sean. You Connery. can't watch Diamonds Are Forever and tell me that's one of the best Connery mo- uh, James Bond ones. It's right. not. It's not. It, I mean, it, it, you can go back and pretty much watch any of them. And as far as I'm concerned, there's only like four or five that are good. I, I really, and most yeah. of them are. I mean, you've got 
Casino Royale, which is one of the best Bond movies, like newer versions. Yep. Uh, Spectre, which I thought Spectre, the last one, which I thought was fucking amazing. I was a um, yep. which is a great one. You can go with Goldeneye with Pierce Brosnan because that Goldeneye. Is, I was just about right, to say because yep. that one right there is a true Bond movie, and then you can go back and yeah. choose. I would have to go with Doctor Doctor No, maybe Octopussy. I think is pretty good, but I mean, you can just there's one of like each the Roger of, Moore ones. I really right. only like Live and Let Die and uh, For Your Eyes Only. Those are the only two Roger yeah. Moore ones I can watch repeatedly. I mean, but you you can basically interchange any one of the Sean Connery. You can get the Lazenby in there. You can do T Doll. You can do Roger Moore and pick one oh, of them. I'm so glad you mentioned Lazenby in Her Majesty's Secret Service. Is yeah. By far one of, one of the top five Bond films ever. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, like, you can put that one in there, and then which I agree with you, hundred yep. percent. It's a top five, and then you you can alternate any one of the other uh, Bond actors, and anybody will have a different one from them. And, and that's just where you're like, yep. okay, they're cool yep. stories, but I don't get it. And then and then you look at these movies, and most of these movies, and I don't care what anybody says, are very misogynistic old school kind of just of course like like look at sean yep. connery with his just kind of out of shape hairy just just groping and grabbing and sexually assaulting women and shit being drunk he's i was even- just gonna say <laughs> do you remember how much he was rough with women yeah like and you watch it now it's like and throwing it's- them down on the bed and stuff like that right, like grabbing like- them by the arms and shoving them right. being like no you're not gonna leave until we fuck my lady it's like no time out this, yeah, is, exactly. this is uncomfortable like him basically just raping <laughs> money penny like I, I'm not a fan and I'm sorry I don't care I know we all change with the times and I see that I'm like dude how the fuck have they made 27 of these movies and then that's yeah. where in well, Golden or, or Roger Moore sleeping with solitaire it was Jane Seymour when she was fucking 19 yes there's no way and that's what was the grossest thing and I was I was telling um I was telling my wife about it the other day and it's the same thing that I the same issue I have with that mank movie coming out on Netflix is that they they casted and they had this thing in Hollywood and they still do it now where they cast these women who are half or a third the age of these lead actors because there's no way a 60-year-old man would ever want to kiss a 60-year-old woman. Fuck you, Hollywood. I don't want to see Amanda Seyfried as a 32-year-old being the wife of a 72-year-old person who's dying. That's not real. It doesn't happen. So stop doing it. And I don't want to see Sean Connery's 62-year-old ass trying to bang some 19-year-old. It Stop it. Nobody cares. It's uncomfortable. And if you think it's cool, you're part of the problem. And it makes it hard to watch Yump. these fucking old school Sean Connery movies. And I'm like, dude, she's got to be 22. She looks uncomfortable. There's marks on her arm because he's groping her. And I'm pretty sure his mouth yep. tastes like whiskey and cigars. Please do not tongue her. Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, sorry. Yeah. Wow, that, we went off like, on a weird yeah. tangent there. But that's why that's why I give Daniel but, Craig the props as Bond because but, at least at least he was cool. Yeah. But too long didn't read. There's a new <laughs> there's a new 007 game coming, so we'll have to wait and see what it is. Um, let's before we go into Cyberpunk, really quick mention this: the Game Awards were last week, and they showed trailers for the new Mass Effect, the new yep. Dragon Age, and what I was not expecting: a brand new Perfect Dark. Because yeah. we talk about Goldeneye being kind of the golden child for no no pun intended for first person shooters. People forget that Perfect Dark came out right after, and it yeah. also was as beloved and as good as Goldeneye. <laughs> And that yes. Perfect Dark is as important in console first person shooters. And 100%. I, I love, you know, 
I love Joanna Dark as a character. I'm glad they're coming back. It looks fantastic. Um, new Mass Effect looks great. I mean, looks like we're going back to. I mean, they showed Liara in the trailer, yeah. so it looks like we're well, going back to the core. Well, Mass Shepherd Effect story. Mass Effect is an EA staple. Like, I mean, that's just that was like kind of like that EA staple game for yeah. them. So I'm, I'm excited. So I'm really glad to see it back. Fucking Dragon Age. I love Dragon Age. All these Bioware games that were so good before they shit the bed with Anthem. You know, I'm glad to see them back. So and I, I, so I'm well, excited. We are seeing, we are seeing, and I know this is going to sound crazy because it's been happening for for a while, but we are right now in yeah. the golden age and the rebirth of video games unlike anything that we've seen. And it's in large part due to esports, due to YouTube, which I fucking hate, and due to social media. <laughs> and it's because now video games isn't something that the nerdy person does or that these loser geeks talk about. It's something that the entire world gets involved in it's something that gives college yep. scholarships for for gaming and people are taking it serious now did you ever think no i did not because if i would have yeah. i would have spent a lot more time on xbox but no it's gonna rot Agreed. your brains <laughs> you know and i'm sitting here and i'm playing Ugh. video games and my kids are and my, you know my wife who doesn't really care she's watching these games because they're like movies and they're these epic masterpieces and you're seeing these awards and the love and the passion and and everything gone into this stuff and I am so excited for the next five to ten years of video games as long yep. as we get there and the world doesn't kill itself about what's gonna happen because right. it's gonna just it's gonna be beautiful and we're gonna be able to take these and unlike movies video games you can do this with you can take these older video games like a Mass Effect or like a a Perfect Dark and you can retell these stories today because the graphics are better you can alter the story to change the characters just enough where you're honoring your original but you're making something new and your fans aren't going to be pissed off your fans aren't going to be mad because as a video game audience we appreciate that because you're giving us something better there's a reason resident evil 2 remastered sold as much as it did because we love these stories we just want them to look and be told better by the way speaking of resident evil 2 remake um i don't know if it's still on sale but resident evil 3 remake was on sale for like 19 bucks the other day and (gasps) i got it oh wow you need to Holy shit. I remember playing that, you know, on the original PS1. And just like I was blown away with Resident Evil 2 Remake. Wow. I mean, it looks it looks like a next-gen game. Yeah. It's so gorgeous. Well, I mean, think about so how much it cost him to go. Uh, there it is. It's still on sale. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and add that to cart. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Um, yeah, but like, exactly. And and you know what? Think about this. They didn't have to invest a ton of money to redo this story or anything at all. It's a great story that the fans love that just looks better. And that's not something that you can do with movies. Nobody wants to see Uncle Ben die again. I don't give a shit that Batman's parents have been killed so many times. I know. I get it. I've seen it. But I'll go through and I'll replay fucking Uncharted 4, 3 or 4, 5 different times. Yep. And, and, and that's just yep. a connection that we have with video games and the way things are, at least in my opinion. So I'm so excited that these properties like Mass Effect, Perfect Dark, uh, Ratchet and Clank, Jack and Daxter, hopefully, um, Uncharted, Tomb Raider, uh, Crash Bandicoot. We need Bandicoot. a Sly Cooper game, too. Right. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. Fucking Battletoads. The remake yeah. of Battletoads that came back was so much fun. That was um, so good. Yeah. Dude, NHL 94 Rewind. I don't give a fuck and no shit fuck about hockey. 
But that NHL 94 Rewind makes me feel like a 10-year-old again sitting in my room watching fucking mall rats playing NHL 94. Like, it's just so sick. And it's so much fun because that's what we remember and that's what we want because the 10, 11, 12-year-olds who are playing with this are now... 35, 36, 40-year-olds, and we have expendable income, and we want all of this now. So fucking <laughs> give it to anyways. us. Hopefully, at least now we do. So yeah. I'm so excited about this stuff, man. I, I'm, I'm just, I feel like, I feel like a teenager again. Yet, yet I feel like a cool yep. teenager, and that, and this is a whole different <laughs> world for me. Uh, before we jump into our thoughts on Cyberpunk 2077, because boy, do we have thoughts. I know, Jesus, it's been a long uh, podcast. Update everyone on how. Let's update uh, everyone on how NextGen has been for the past month, because when it launched, my PS5 was crashing daily. Yes. And you were having, you had like a crash or two with your Series X, right? Uh, yeah, I had a freeze issue where it, it would come on and there was sound, yeah. but nothing would work. <clears throat> well, I'm happy to report I haven't had a single crash on my PS5 since. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I stopped putting things into rest mode. Um, from what I understand on Reddit, the rest mode crash is still happening, but you know, as long as you shut the games down, which I did anyways, even, you know, I don't do the quick resume shit. I always shut everything down. It's just like we talked about last time on, like on my phone. I don't like having apps open in the background. Yeah, me neither. I just don't. So, so I swiped them away. So, um, I'm happy to report everything's been going great. Miles Morales and Spider-Man Remastered got a fucking, got a fucking ray tracing 60 FPS patch. And it looks so fucking incredible. Um, yeah. On my end, my Samsung TV started glitching out. Um, it, it's like a four-year-old TV. It started shutting itself off on its own. I don't know why. And on top of that, I found out that, um, long story short, it was only like an 8-bit panel or something like that. So I could never get true HDR. So I was like, you know what? It's already dying. It's time for me to upgrade. Best Buy is offering fantastic financing. So I upgraded to a Sony X900H 65-incher, and I'm getting, you know, Dolby Vision now. I'm getting true HDR. I'm actually getting some brights that look bright. And um, 120 FPS, which you you and I talked about a little bit through text. Um, To me, it's not a huge difference from 60 FPS, so I don't intend to, you know sacrifice 120 over visuals ever yeah that's what you were I saying. tried it out on I tried it out on dirt 5 and I tried it out on double may cry and gears and maybe to my untrained eye it, it just doesn't look any different than 60 fps it just looks like shittier graphics and just as smooth so I uh, disabled that and put everything back to 60 fps with the 4k and I'm happy as a clam yeah, see, I'm different. I will always go for better visual quality than anything else. Like I, I the, you know, I'll take a, I'll take a lower refresh rate so I can have better visuals. <laughs> it depends on the game. Like we talked about, if it's a racing game or a first, but if I were a competitive Cold War player, fine, I get it. 120 FPS might be beneficial, but I'm not. I play Spider Man. I fucking play, you know, Spider Man, Watch Dogs, Assassin's Creed. Yeah. I don't need 120 FPS. You Absolutely know, I'm not. I'm perfectly fine with 60, even 30. So, it's crazy that we so have such first world problems. I know, right? <sighs> it is what it is. But uh, how have things been for you with your new consoles? Um, I have not had any issues. I mean, aside from Call of Duty, which I went out and paid full money for, which I can't fucking finish because the game keeps crashing and it sucks and it's yeah, stupid. Yeah, and that's a known issue too. I mean, 
not just with PS5, it's with both consoles. Yeah, and I'm so mad about that. The game itself. Some people got to beat it, and I can't. I keep going through this level, and it keeps shutting down. But um, yo, I haven't had any issues with it, man. I'm I'm absolutely ecstatic with my PS5. I've played that a lot more than my Series X, um, but I haven't had next to any of the first days issues after a couple patches, but. Man, again, back to what I said, I'm just so excited for the next gen of what's happening because yeah. it's so exciting and, and it's just, dude, it's crazy. And the games that we're playing now that we're blown away on are, are literally, I mean, as close to day one as you're going to get, you know, without being yeah. a day one game. And, you know, I'm just kind of excited for the future. I'm not excited for what we currently have as a, you know, lineup of the games <laughs> and things like that. But, you know, going back and playing Uncharted 4 on my PS5, it's like a whole new game. It, it really is because it's just the the detail, the graphics, everything is just there. Um, playing um, Borderlands 3 is... Yes. How can I explain this? The, the PlayStation 5 and the Series X are both great consoles. You can't go wrong. The winning touch for me is the controller. The dual sense on the PS5 makes everything different. So when I'm playing Borderlands yeah, 3, I can see that. yeah. Yeah, when I'm playing Borderlands 3 on the PS5, the the trigger and the haptic feedback, I can feel the difference between shooting a shotgun and shooting a handgun. And when I'm pulling a pen and a grenade, and I can feel the difference of the ground that I'm walking on. When I'm playing Madden, which the next gen upgrade was garbage. Um I can feel where I'm going to be hit from, from the right or for the left. And you get the haptic feedback. And that controller, to me, is the difference between a next-gen and a current-gen game. Like, I mean, it's just, it really is. And PlayStation destroyed it with their controller. So I, I love it. I've had no issues with it. Aside from the couple that I've showed you, I'm happy. And I am just I just want to go play more. Yeah. Um, on that note, uh, I, I also purchased Immortals Phoenix Rising, and um, uh, you know I'm having a ton of fun with that game. If anyone is a fan of Breath of the Wild, Immortals Phoenix Rising is a it's like a Greek mythology version of Breath of the Wild. But unlike Breath of the Wild, it has a huge amount of humor thrown in. It's hands down one of the funniest games I've played in a long time. Yeah, you've sent me a couple of the you, messages from it. I was laughing my ass off, dude. It's so funny. And so what you are, you play a character that's, you know, you play a character that's going through his or her adventures. And the concept of the story is Zeus and Prometheus are having a conversation telling the story of what your character is doing. So they'll interject every now and then with like, wait a minute, that's not how it happened. And things like that, you know, <laughs> it's yeah, fucking funny. hilarious. But um, there's something weird about the visuals, man. Everything is like this bright orange and red, and I don't know if it's just where I am in the game, or I'm pretty positive I have my visual settings set correctly. Um, but the game looks off, and I don't know what the deal is. So other than that, I'm having a ton of fun with it. But you and I have both been sinking a ton of hours into Cyberpunk. <coughs> yep. And we need to talk about Cyberpunk. Oh, God, yes, do we So ever. Cyberpunk launched Cyberpunk launched on Thursday, and the first thing I think both of us noticed were people were really pissed off online, and the game looked really shitty. Yes, yes. Now, I'm, it I'm is. not one. I'm not one to say, oh, this, you know, Xbox Series X game looks like PS3 graphics. I'm not one to usually say that, but that is what it looked like. It looked like a fucking PS3 game. It, and I'm I couldn't understand why. Oh. I know, dude, and we I was texting you back and forth because I got it the day early, so I kind of went in and was kind of playing it a little bit, and 
Yeah. I've told you before, I'm very much like, okay, I it has to look good for me. And I was like, dude, I don't think yes. it looks good, but I'm also like, oh, maybe my TV's old, or maybe I just can't see as well as I used to. I don't want to say anything. But yeah, you texted me a couple of times, I think it's my TV, and I'm like, no, I don't think so, because yeah. mine looks shitty, too. Right, then you confirmed it, and then I saw that article, I think it was on Vice that popped up today, or whatever it was, and it's basically like, yeah, it's like looking at a beautiful game through a, an old-school camcorder. And... That's yeah, exact- like Vaseline is on the screen. Right. And and I'm sitting there and there's a couple scenes where, um, you know, the beginning where you're in the car with uh, with Dex and, you know, you're kind of talking and I'm looking at it. And I'm like, oh, man, this doesn't look that bad. I can get used to this. And then I pause it and I take a step back and then I look at, you know, Twitter about how the game is supposed to look. And I look at my screen. And I'm like, this is fucking garbage, dude. It looks like I'm playing. Yeah. it. And I said this before. It looks like a last gen game trying to be played yeah. on a new gen game and it's disappointing as all fuck because it's just I had such high hopes for this game and I got it and I put it in and so um, I text you that thing this morning and basically what they're saying is if you go through your settings under your H under your visual settings and turn off every single filter It'll look better. Yeah, film grain, chromatic yeah. aber- aberration, uh, lens flare, turn it all fucking right. off. So I turned all of that stuff off, and yes, the game does look better, and I'm completely fine with that. But what the fuck is the point of having this brand new game on this brand new system where you have to turn all this shit off? And then it's upsetting yeah. to think that this is a game that's been in development for <laughs> eight years. It's been delayed. It's been pushed back. It's been moved forward. We've had all these issues and then we get it, and The Witcher 3 looks and plays better than Cyberpunk does. So I think one of the main things that we need to address here is that when it did launch on Thursday, it launched with broken HDR. That's not me just saying, oh, it looks crappy, the HDR's broken. No, the HDR was actually broken. Yeah. Now, a patch came out this weekend that fixes it for the most part, but, and you know, it removes the kind of smudgy Vaseline effect as well and the hdr does look better but it does not look like you know what other game can i think of forza horizon 4 hdr it's it's right. not at that or, level yet or There's even still gears a lot 5 of like even gears 5 Gear, looks exactly better. any of those games like even so the updated halo master chief getting, collection looks better yeah i think what we're getting is i mean basically we are all playing this backwards compatible right now because the next gen patch isn't here yet so we are playing a last-gen version, and even that's not an excuse because, look, Ghost of Tsushima was a last-gen game, and it looks better than half the new-gen games yes. right now without any upgrades, you know, other than an unlocked frame rate. It looks considerably better than Watch Dogs. It looks better than Dirt. It looks better than any of these games that are supposed to be new-gen games. So the fact that it was a last-gen game being played via backwards compatibility, not a fucking excuse. So... I don't know how to say this. It looks like shit, but I'm having a blast with it. Exactly. And and that's the best way to put it because, I mean, have you beaten the prologue yet? Not even. I'm three and a half hours into it. I have not gotten the title splash yet. Okay, so um, uh, I I don't want to spoil anything. What's the part you're at now? I just, let me think. I just finished the mission where you have to go into that brain dance recording okay. with the, uh, what's that chick that you meet at the strip joint, and you have to go through that recording of that Japanese guy that she goes to see, and you have yeah. to like, find you know, okay. where so, he's hiding the chip. Okay. I just finished that part. 
Okay, so once you get out of there and stuff, I mean, the game picks up, and it actually, I mean, it's a good story, and I'm hooked in it, but I think it took me about seven hours to get to the, uh, to the splash screen, but I was playing a lot and doing side missions and kind of walking around and checking shit out. Um, yeah, same. Um, but I will say, Keanu Reeves, once you get to him down the road and everything else, it just goes to show, like, I'm sorry, man, but Keanu Reeves is not a good actor. I like him in John Wick and Bill and Ted, but this dude just... He no sound, one ever claimed he was. <laughs> he just sounds like he's reading words off of a piece of paper. Yeah. And and yeah. what sucks is... He's likable, but he's no one's ever going to give him an Oscar. Oh, know? dude, man, if I saw Keanu Reeves... I, if Keanu Reeves is listening, I'm so sorry that I said that. Dude, I love you as a human being. I want to hug you, and, and I want you to come live in my house. <laughs> I want to feed, dude. You're you're the best human being ever, and I love your movies. But that being said, he is really, really good as the voice of of Johnny Silverham. Once you kind of get to him, because he delivers it the way it should be in the game. But you can just tell it's like, oh, all right, well, you're Keanu Reeves. But what sucks is yep. like there's parts in this game where you know you got to look at yourself in the mirror, or you've got to do a few things, or like there's close communication with the other you know characters in the game. And it looks so fucking terrible that I don't want to play it. Yeah. Like, it just, it takes me out of it. And I'm just like, dude, I don't want to play this anymore. It just looks so bad. But it's in, it, it gets me into the story, and it's a good story. But it just looks terrible. And I'm so upset because I supported CG Project Red for a long time. And, you know, but now I kind of get why they were delaying it and why they were... You know, they've been kind of quiet about things because it it just wasn't ready to be released. I don't even think, I mean, based off of CD Projekt Red's, you know, track record, I don't even think it was their fault. I think the shareholders went, look, you guys have had eight years to fucking make this game. We are putting it out this holiday season. There's a pandemic going on. There's new systems. We want to make the money that we know we will make from this game. I don't care if your game is finished or not. Release it now, fuckers. I think that's what happened. Well, no, I I agree with you 100%. And CD Projekt Red is very good at putting a note inside of their game saying, hey, thanks for supporting us. We're going to continue to support you by releasing everything free. Yeah. We're going mean, to – and I will not take anything away from them because – they're very good at that. But you and me talked about this yeah. before the podcast started. At what point do we have to start holding these studios accountable? How many times? Right, exactly, because a lot of people a lot of people are like, oh, this game shipped broken. Fuck this. But, you know, if you really think about it, the entire last gen was a bunch of broken games that were shipped and then were patched out later. Right. And we're basically enablers. Yeah. And, 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 and it sucks that we see that. And then you get these great games like. The Last of Us 2 came out. <coughs> God, excuse me. And I don't, can't think of anything, like, you know, that really needed to be fixed with that. At least on my end from what I played. And I can yeah. see why I got or a game. fucking game like Hades. Yes. Dude, and it's just, it's mind-baffling that people will push this thing out. And you're 100% right. Pandemic, holiday season, blah, blah, blah. We're going to get it out. But as of today... PlayStation is giving people full refunds on this game because they have up to 14 days to yeah. return to digital versions and it is getting returned and it is getting hammered. So how many people are going to come back six months from now? You know, and how long am I going to sit here and want to come back and play this game if it's going to take them six months to a year to give me the next gen upgrade? Like, really? Right. 
Like, I mean, you guys, I know because that we don't know when that's coming. No. All we know is it's coming in 2021. That's it. Right. And, and I am all for supporting them and supporting, you know, uh, gaming companies that are trying to do what they have to do. And there's only so much they can't control. But you mean to tell me that CD Projekt Red wasn't able to get their hands on a Series X or a PS5 before they came out in stores to try to figure out what they need to do to fix it? And I think that's part of the problem, actually. I, I think, I think, this is this is just me talking out of my ass, okay? I think the reason why we're seeing all the problems on the current consoles now is because CD Projekt Red has been developing the next-gen version. And what we're playing now is a last-gen version. I think they put all their time and effort into the next-gen version we're supposed to be getting later on down the road. And that's why this backwards-compatible version runs like dog shit. Yeah, well, apparently it even plays worse on the, you know, on the Xbox One and uh, and the PS4. Yeah, and like, the PS4. I mean, yeah, people are saying, I mean, it looks like an N64 game from what you're seeing. And, <laughs> and this is where I wish that we could have, I wish that we were in a time and a place where these independent, you know, people are able to get the money in the backing to take the time to put their games out and do what they have to do. Like, I mean... It sucks that you have these shareholders who are pushing out a game, and we. And it's not just gaming, but it. They, CD Projekt Red has been working on Cyberpunk for eight years to have this pushed out and to have the product Seriously. of their last eight years just bashed for technical difficulties, not for anything else, but for technical difficulties, which is almost the exact same as The Last of Us 2 came out for seven years. People worked on that to get bashed because people didn't like the inclusivity inside the story. And that's what sucks. Like one of these things you can't control, like The Last of Us 2, people are going to be pricks and assholes and you just have to silence the haters by going out and winning awards and just fuck off, fuck them kids basically and move on. But the other one, like CD Projekt Red, this is stuff that you can fix and stuff that you have people working tirelessly and getting shit on for for stuff that's out of their hands and it just sucks and they it seems like what we're going to get is just this amazing story and this great time and it's just going to be hard to be invested in it when it looks terrible it just does yeah so what I'm hoping for because what's done is done. The game's out. People bought it. You yep. know, some people are getting refunds, whatever. What's done is done. What I'm hoping for is since we know the next gen patch is not coming until next year at the earliest. And they did say we are putting everything into this next gen upgrade. Every every ounce of power we can draw from these consoles we're going to do. Now, granted, as of now, that's an empty promise because, you know, we thought this game was going to look amazing regardless. Yeah. And it wasn't the case. What I at least, at the bare minimum, hope is at least consistent patches between now and then. Patch well, it out, make the game look a little bit, make it at least look like a fucking Xbox One PS4 game. Right. I think that they will because, at I mean, least. even the one that just came out helps enhance the game and it makes it look better, but it was also a 16 gig patch. <coughs> so, I mean, if you're somebody yeah. who has a PS5 and let's say you got call of duty and you've got madden and you've got fucking uh, uh um I, I don't know something else you got godfall 
and like now and now you've got cyberpunk well what are you going to play well cyberpunk's going to have to be yeah. set or get returned because what i'm gonna have to wait for another 50 packs that's going to come out to have to give me exactly what yep. i need i'm good man i'll wait I'm well at least it. for now you can play it off an external because it's a last gen version but yeah once that if this yeah. fucking patch that does hot fixes is 16 gigs i don't even want to know what the next gen patch is going to be what 60 gigs that's what i'm saying 60 70 it's like <laughs> no i'm good man yeah. <laughs> gonna be it's gonna be uh, crazy i crazy. mean but but you know invest in it help help them out man it, it is a great game i can tell the story's gonna be there you can tell there is a lot of love and passion and everything put into this yeah. game so to see the hate that they're getting the people returning it and everything else quit being a spoil just you already spent the money just sit on it wait give it time just like an investment in the stock you've got to let it age so it'll get there it will and just you know, it's just right now it's not ready. So unfortunately, it's gonna sit to the side, and I'm gonna have to go back to playing Assassin's Creed or going back to playing Spider-Man or something else. As much as I hate encouraging this, I mean, I think this is just the norm now. I mean, games are so huge now with so much technology and so much. You know, everything's online now. Remember back in the day with the PS2, you had to buy a network adapter. Yep. Just to play Final Fantasy XI online, you know? So, I mean, everything is fucking connected now. There are so many variables that go into game development that I think, you know, I'm not not excusing this, but I think this is just the norm now. We're going to see games shipped broken and developers will just have to wait and see what pops up in the real world. Not testing on a closed server in the real world and then patch things out as they come up. It's just that's just how things are now. Yeah, and, and I think that this is going to start to be I think with this we're going to see a shift from pre-orders I, I, I mean it's going to be really hard for people to invest money in pre-ordering a game knowing yeah. that day one it's not going to work or you know so you got to and then, and then at what point do people no longer want physical shit that you're going to give them oh cool I've pre-ordered you know the, the Avengers game and I got all these cool costumes but the game sucks I'm not going to fucking play it thanks for nothing I'm not pre-ordering your next shit yeah, am I going to pre-order Hogwarts Legacy now? I mean, do am I going to get a broken game? Or do I wait a week and see what happens? Yeah, exactly. And that's and that's exactly where I think people are at, and that's what we're going to see. And that's that sucks. Yeah, it does suck. I mean, I, like I said, I think this is just the direction the industry is going. It does suck. And, you know, let's not kid ourselves. Even back in the N64, PS1, PS2 days, games shipped broken, you know? Uh, the only benefit now is that everything's online so you can do something like push out a patch. I mean, back in the day, if, you know, I don't know, if Majora's Mask shipped broken, for instance, it, it didn't. But if it did, there was no way to fix it. You were just stuck with a shitty game. Yeah. That didn't true. work. Yeah. Well, I so, mean, I, that's I remember. I remember buying, I remember for the original Xbox, I went, the day it launched, I bought Batman Dark Tomorrow because I was so excited about it. That game was the shittiest, buggiest mess. I couldn't even get out of the first level. And guess what? I was fucking stuck with it. Yeah. Well, and it never got patched because you couldn't. No. Well, and that's what that's where like a blockbuster video was great because you can or a Hollywood video game center where you can just go over there yeah. and rent your games and be like, oh man, this game is garbage, yep. and you took it back. And I think that's where now. 
um, like you said, everything's connected. So we just continuously give these developers multiple, multiple chances to let us down and take more of our money. That's a reason that, you know, a lot of these loot crates and shit for money had to go away from EA Games. You're like, hey, yep. man, buy this game for 60 bucks and spend another $100 to upgrade. It's like, wait, what? what? And, you know, and we're not stupid. We're also living in a time now where if I have to give somebody $60 for a video game, it better fucking work because $60 is not easy to come by. And they've got to realize that, yeah. that, you know, if I if people have to spend $60, where are we going to spend our $60? And I think that they're running into, you know, this time where investors will have to take a step back because CD Projekt Red, as good as The Witcher 3 is and what they did and everything with that, they're going to have to recover a lot of ground on a lot of people with the game, quote-unquote, they released with Cyberpunk 2077 because it just feels very, very, very incomplete and as a quick money grab. And that's not cool. Yeah. Which Which is crazy to even say for a game that's been in development for eight years. Yeah. And 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 and, yeah. and this is not a shot at the developers, the people working on it, anybody sitting there on a keyboard yeah. who does this because these people are working their asses off. It just has to do with the money people who are trying to release a game during the holiday yeah. season, during this pandemic, because the they're trying counters. to get right, trying to get that last dollar out of it and just fucking over these developers and directors and everybody else. And it sucks. But I mean, unfortunately, yeah. it's where we are. Yep. Eh, sorry. Sorry to end the episode on such a down note, but I mean, on a brighter note, I, I mean, visuals aside, like you mentioned earlier, it's, it's a great story. It's a fun game. I mean, I haven't run in personally into any game breaking bugs like a lot of other people have. So, yeah. I, you know, fingers crossed, <laughs> knock on wood. Um, the whole cyberpunk environment is kind of my thing. So I'm just super happy to have a game like that. You know, the last oh, yeah. game I played that I enjoyed the you know the whole tone and environment and world building that much was deus ex human revolution another cyberpunk first person shooter you know so um i you know we'll just have to wait and see where this goes from here on out sorry folks i just lost my connection with josh again so we'll have to call him and find out what's going on (laughs) oh it happened again I uh, know my fucking headphone died. <laughs> <laughs> I was just updating the listeners of what happened. And, uh, that, that'll be easy to edit out. So yeah, I'm so sorry. Anyways, I was sitting here, but I was like, no. <laughs> it's all good. Hey, we learned our lessons. We learned not to stop the recording. No, that's uh, something. No, you guys are gonna hear all of this, all of it. <laughs> yep. So. Anyways, uh, thanks for sticking with us. Sorry we were a month late. I mean, we have the holidays and stuff coming up. We're going to try our best to keep pushing these out uh, on time. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter at ToneZone81. And Josh? You can get me at BruceBain66. I also want to give a happy Hanukkah shout-out to all of our uh, friends out there. Happy Hanukkah. Hope you guys are enjoying your time. Um, and uh, if we don't hear from you guys before, uh, Merry Christmas to everybody out there, huh? If you got Next Gen, enjoy. If not, keep trying. I mean, there's retailers are still pushing them out as best as they can. It's those fucking bots that are ruining everything. Yeah, absolutely. But keep your heads up, man. Thank you guys for listening. Um, we really appreciate you guys, especially out there in Germany. Um, however, do you have Donka? <laughs> Germany, Malaysia, New Zealand, wherever you guys are listening. Thank you. Yeah.
and uh, we will see you next time. Later, Gators.